Welcome everyone to episode 20 of season two of Recreational Thinking with Yoga Shrout, which I guess is nominally a season finale just because it's the 20th episode, even though I'm going to start recording again in a few weeks and I'm not really changing anything. But anyway, uh, so we're recording on the day that Better Saul call, ah, we're recording on the day that Better Call Saul is returning for the last half of its final season. Which is appropriate because I met these guys. I actually met them originally connected through the Mission Impossible podcast about the show Mission Impossible, but we've all been part of a Better Call Saul group chat as well. As you might be able to tell from that, for one of the very few times, these are not hardcore dedicated quizzers on this podcast, just general kind of pop culture commentators, podcasters, hobbyists, etc. Which means that I... Uh, I'm basically taking a big risk doing this, and I could potentially fall flat on my face, which is exactly where I like to be, because I always feel like if I'm not innovating, if, I, if, I'm, if there's no possibility that I might fail spectacularly, I'm not innovating, and if I'm not innovating, what am I even doing? Bravery and podcastery. Yeah, that's, <laughs> my, that's my philosophy when I make a sandwich. well said all right so thank you to our top patreon subscriber darren monk to all the other patreons adam Hahn, christine welchel isaac rennert andrew darby cody wilson ben rothenberg patrick friel jeremy horwitz dargan ware joe graziak anthony garino adam villani peter broda david croissant mike jesiorski tim robert gomez Rene carignan and the soccer thread podcast to anyone listening your name could go here just sign up at patreon.com slash recreational thinking our guests today are Nathan Flynn, Bradley Martin, and Danny Doggett. Remember that order? Doggett. It, yes, Doggett. It's arbitrary. It'll be consistent throughout the game, though. So if we could start now, just going in that order, if you could briefly state where you're Zooming from and approximately one sentence about yourself, starting with Nathan. I am Zooming from Austin, Texas, and I am a movie fanatic. And also going through a weird, hazy period of like watching forgotten films while stuck in my house for a while we've all been there yeah (laughs) i'm sure even our non-movie fanatics all right uh, bradley yes hello bradley i live in canada i have a ton of children and i like to just go on drives and experience nature as nature experiences me all right. Not, not our first Canadian contestant, but it's always nice to have an international flavor. <laughs> and uh, Danny? Well, you know, I live in a cave somewhere outside of Houston. The heat is unbearable. We're not getting any water. We're praying for some, but it looks like there is no God. So for right now, I am just here with you guys. All right, you say that, but in, in 2011, when I was living in Austin, there was a drought. Governor Perry actually did issue a proclamation to pray for rain. That was how he oh, dealt Once with you these. said Governor Perry, that's when I knew God. There was no, there was none. <laughs> there is no rain God. I'm sorry, guys. It was like, I want you to pray for three things, but I forgot two of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this game's in four rounds, one individual, three specialists. First round, I call the three R's round. Allows me to reduce, reuse, recycle prime material. These questions, I used to call them a warm up. Someone complained that that made them sound easy. I mean, nothing, nothing on this podcast is actually easy. Even though these contestants being not hardcore quizzers, I took things down a notch, but that just kind of took it from like, you know, incredibly hard to rather hard. So, <laughs> <laughs> so these questions are not, not easy. They may be some of the hardest of the game, but they'll, you know, serve to kind of throw you in at the deep end, get your mind working, get used to my question style. They'll be worth a tenth of a point as tiebreakers if it's necessary at the end. So for this round only, we're not in the collaborative part yet. So you'll just be answering as individuals. 
First person, the, the question is direct at misses. It'll go the second, then the third. If the first two miss, so the further back you are, less of a direct shot you have, but more time to think and some potential answers could get taken off the table. And we'll rotate to each of you. We'll answer three questions in first position, three in second, three in third, and then the rules will change. And I will explain that when that happens. And the one additional rule that we've added recently, it's now been dubbed the Jimmy Lee rule. I will emphasize this is an affectionate homage to Jimmy Lee, not an attempt to insult him, <laughs> just to be clear about that. But basically the rule is that, you know, rather th it just, you know, because there's no penalty for guessing, I want to encourage people to guess. So basically the rule is you can't pass on a question unless you give an explanation for why that shows you put some thought into it. Otherwise, I really just want some kind of guess, even if it's just Smith or Jones, Johnson, something like that. All right. And just a general reminder, the content of the podcast is you talking through your thinking process. So don't internalize your thinking, you know, feel free to share any interesting thoughts, connections, as well as your overall reasoning, but you don't have to talk just for the sake of talking. We don't need filler. All right. And so that is the intro rules. Is everyone ready to begin? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So like I said, these questions are individual. So we'll begin with Nathan in first position on this question, and I will copy and paste all the questions into the chat as well. So you can read them in addition to hearing me. Okay. So Nathan, the video for Katy Perry's 2020 song, Not the End of the World, features which actress in a plot that sees aliens kidnap her after mistaking her for Ms. Perry? Oh, geez. Not my area of expertise, but I'm just going to take a wild guess of Zoe Deschanel. Is that based on anything particular? Uh, just similarities in appearance. Well, that was a good path to go down because that's the correct answer. Boom. <laughs> we just picked a person who looks exactly like her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would say I don't want this round to be only once back in episode four was this entire round of shout out. All three people missed all nine questions. And I don't want that to happen again. So I'm glad we have someone on the scoreboard. All right. I would have said Emily Blunt. Hmm. <laughs> also an interesting uh, guess. Yeah. All right. So Bradley in first position on this question. Layla Morse, best known in the UK for playing Big Mo Harris on the long running soap opera EastEnders, is the sister of which Oscar winning actor? Her first professional acting credit came at age 51 in this man's feature directorial debut, the 1997 Luc Besson produced drama Nil by Mouth. And her professional name, Leila Morse, is an anagram of Mia Sorella, the Italian for my sister, which was suggested by this man's at the time girlfriend, Isabella Rossellini. All right. Leila Morris. Big Mo, Luc Besson produced trauma. I'm going to go with Jill Morris. All right. I don't think there's a Oscar winning thespian of that name. Definitely not a male one. But uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to finding out what all this meant. And yes, what is that answer? All right. So uh, a pass now to Danny. I have to go with Oscar award, Oscar award winning actor Jason Statham. <laughs> was that for crank or crank two you won <laughs> oh he won for the mechanic oh right right thanks for reminding me all right uh, you should have won for spy though let's be honest <laughs> nathan oh man i gotta think about this her first professional acting credit came at 51 hmm god i'm trying to think I'm just trying to think of people in the Luc Besson oeuvre. Oh, Uwe God. Bull. God. <laughs> Did you say Uwe Bull? <laughs> oh, man. Man, man. I'm trying to think of who I would go with. Isn't right. But I'll, I'm going to go with Juliette Lewis because for some odd reason that's ringing in my head. 
well, but I'm sure she has not won an Oscar. Yeah, she was nominated once, which kind of surprised me, and was directed at that nomination by a man who actually had been married to Isabella Rossellini. And I don't get... I don't get why her age would be 51 at the time I've seen her in movies since she was like 18. Now that I think about it, it was the dumbest guess, but there we go. So this is, yeah, this is going to be interesting because like I said, none of these these guys are, you know, uh, dedicated quizzers, but you know, they're kind of just, you know, in terms of breaking things down. I used to be great at bar trivia. (laughs) So we got that. Yeah. I used to go to the bar. Yeah, but not for trivia. (laughs) But um, yeah, so, you know, the question is definitely asking for a, a male, it's asking for the name of her brother, who would be uh, a man, um, and who, yeah, the Isabella Rossellini thing is probably not that helpful, because that, that relationship has maybe faded in memory. The name of the film he wrote and directed, potentially helpful. Luc Besson, 1997, I believe that was around the time of The Fifth Element. Ah, wait, no, 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 it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, ooh. Which future Oscar-winning actor was in The Fifth Element, do you remember? Well, I mean... Gary Oldman? Chris Tucker? (laughs) Uh, Bruce Willis, who could go with, but he didn't win an Oscar. It is Gary Oldman, yes. Okay, it's Gary Oldman? His first... Oh, her first professional credit came at 51. Okay, I thought it was... I, that that's where my brain was just completely trying to think of, like, who debuted at 51 and had a career afterwards? I mean, a ton of people, but, you know, nobody that was ringing that bell. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. So we'll begin with Danny in first position on this question. The Lenkov verse refers to what three TV series that until recently shared a showrunner and a connected universe on CBS? They're all reboots of older shows that were originally completely unrelated. Okay. Okay. I feel like it's Chicago Blue, Chicago Fire... And, and and Chicago uh, law, uh, lawmakers. <laughs> I think one of those was an actual show. So, um, yeah, I, I I know what you were getting at there, but yeah, those were all kind of Dick Wolf. I, I was I was going to say CSI or Law and Order, but I feel like those are red herrings. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. None, I don't think any of those are. Although they definitely had a tinge of familiarity to them, I don't think any of them were actual reboots of older shows. So I'll pass to Nathan. Okay. So I'm guessing one at Hawaii 5.0. I'm trying to think of other prominent remakes. They never did a Magnum PI remake, right? I'm, I'm sure of that. Okay, CBS, CBS, CBS. What other? Are, are all three, they're all reboots of older shows. Okay. Can I ask a follow-up question? <laughs> I mean, even ask, I won't necessarily give you an answer, but... Okay, okay, I'll I'll ask it. What's the longevity look like for all three shows? Yeah, I I think I can only just kind of repeat what's already in the question, which is... Okay, okay, that's fair, that's fair. I think, yeah, until Uh, recently suggest that, yeah, I mean, they're not on the air anymore, but at at least one of them was until fairly recently. They're not on the air anymore... Uh, Hawaii Five O is the only one that I'm really able to guess, and I'm trying to think of other ones that. Okay, Hawaii Five O, MacGyver, and oh, I'm just stuck in the '80s right now. Hawaii right Five O, MacGyver, occasionally, most of the time. Hawaii Five O, MacGyver. Ugh, shit. Hawaii Five O, MacGyver, and I'm just gonna assume that there's a. Okay. 
Y5-0 MacGyver and the Equalizer, Ooh. the Queen Latifah spinoff. Okay, I like. I yeah, that's a very good guess. I will. I will return to it. I will pass this to Bradley, and but I will return back to what you said. Okay, he's guessed. That's fair. Oh, I'm. I'm assuming there's got to be a Magnum PI reboot, right? But that's what I would add to it, along with the Hawaii Five O and whatever nonsense you said. Answer. So which which three are you locking in? What was it? Hawaii Five O, <laughs> Magnum PI. He I said it five times. He did say it five. Why did I forget? Hawaii Five-0, Magnum PI. Um, oh, come on. He was some sort of lame detective. Can I repeat my answer back to him? Just you so can, I- yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, I, I figured that's fine. I did Hawaii Five-0. Oh, MacGyver. MacGyver and the yeah. Equalizer. Hawaii, okay, I'll go Hawaii Five-0, MacGyver. Um, let's see. You weren't even alive back then. How do you know about these shows? Bradley, yeah, I host I'm, a I'm, Mission Impossible. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure Magnum PI got remade twice. Yeah, I'll yeah go with you see that. that mustache? Okay, so so just to clarify, you're locking in Hawaii Five O, MacGyver, and Magnum, and Magnum PI. PI. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I needed to clarify that because those are in fact the correct answers. <laughs> There's a Magnum PI remake. It, it just yeah, does. Yeah, it's run for like four or five seasons. It actually, like, it only ended because of rights issues. It was still getting good ratings. It, it's series finale was just like two months ago. What? TV truly does I, not I, exist I still say, I still say I gave a great answer. <laughs> I like vultured everybody's answers there. So I mean, I'll, take, I'll take the point. But yeah. Yeah. That's, that's Damn, it. And I really, I kept throwing Magnum PI away. Yeah. Why did you do that? Because I, I was like, surely there is not. A I almost Magnum said, PI I almost said Remington Steel, and then I thought, wait, is that a real thing, or did I imagine? I was going to say Matlock. <laughs> <laughs> well, never underestimate the staying power of those Belsario shows. Yeah, there's even there's a new Quantum Leap coming too. Jeez. All right, back oh. to back to Nathan in first position on this one. A couple years before he had the only line in Silent Movie, Marcel Marceau starred in Shanks, a surreal 1974 curio about a deaf mute puppeteer who can reanimate corpses that marked the final film directed by what horror auteur? Although this man is associated with low budgets and publicity gimmicks, he was able to indulge his more artsy side thanks to the success of a film he produced but did not direct, Rosemary's Baby. Oh man, I'm trying to think of it because I believe, if I'm correct, that that guy who you're referring to is the basis for John Goodman's character in Matinee. Oh, I want to say something Hill. Stephen Kingson? No, 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 no. Oh my God, I, I keep wanting to say Walter Hill, but I know that it's not correct. Nate Bradley, you guys got to get this one. I don't. I, this is not um, me. Oh my gosh, William Castle. That's that's that what you're locking in. Yep, that's what I'm locking in. Good memory. And yes, he was the basis for uh, that character in Matinee, and he is the correct answer. All right, dude. That was awesome. And I did that all while that, the, the, the mechanic was, was a, walking by. So It was, it was, it was a team effort. <laughs> in the individual round, yes. It, true it took me effort. a while because I was like, William Hill? William Hill? No, I'm like, it's not Hill. It's another noun word. And I just kept thinking, ah, castle. Yeah. Yeah. His, yeah. his movies, sorry, sorry to just go on a little bit of a tangent. His movies were like the classic, like, this movie will scare you so much that we need paramedics at the door. 
Was he like Stephen King? I'm gonna scare the hell out of you. He was like that times 20. And he would like have seats rigged with like certain things to shake and jolt you and like get certain members of the audience to just run out, even though his movies were never as exciting as his marketing. That is a cool. extremely accurate description of him. Yes. Yeah. All right. That's why I was taking forever because he's one of those guys, <laughs> one of those guys who did that. And everybody kind of like, well, didn't he have like a movie where it's like, if you, if you leave, you get a refund. But like before that, he had like a crowd of people standing aside that would like berate you for doing it, like calling you a chicken and a coward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They put a spot, they put a spotlight on you and called you yellow as you, uh, yeah. Another wow. great marketing ploy they did for a movie was, uh, uh, not the hills have eyes the last house on the left i believe where it was just or no i think it's i spit on your grave it's one of those where the marketing was just like to get through this movie you must repeat to yourself this is just a movie this is just a movie this is just a movie no refunds <laughs> all right, all right. Let, let's take a look at my riddle now this all right labyrinth of words <laughs> Okay, so this uh, this is actually one of the shortest questions of the game. It's sort of one that I could, the previous episode I had a video games category. I had a surplus question left over, oh, so no. I I decided to use it here. So this is a very brief question for Bradley. Which video game title protagonist works for the Carrington Institute? Let's see, Carrington, because they care about you. Oh, it's not the guy that works for Aperture Science. Mario has way too many jobs. I don't think it's an anamorphic character. Gordon, locking an answer. Okay. Yeah, I think you have Gordon Freeman, I assume. That's uh, the one I was guessing. Gordon Freeman. Yeah, I mean, a decent guess, but not correct. So pass to Danny. Well, it's obviously Kratos. <laughs> Is that your locked in answer? I mean, the Kratos works for the Carrington Institute. That's that's part of the game since game one, 2006, guys. Know your history. Uh, okay, so so is that is that what you're locking in? Yes, I'm locking in Kratos. All right. Perhaps unsurprisingly, that is not correct. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We, we, we checked that. Google searched that really quick. That is correct. Uh, yes. We'll check while passing it to Nathan. It might uh, have been a PSP game. No, wait, I'm like the worst person to ask this question, but the name sounds somewhat familiar. Doggett, what did you just say your your answer was or what game? Kratos was my answer from God of War. Okay, so you're, it's a video game. When you say video game title protagonist, do you mean his name is in the title or no? The name of the protagonist is in the title. Yes, that's what that means. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, shit. Then I do know this. There's part of me that was like Richard T. <laughs> Half-Life. Um, <laughs> that was my guess, except it's yeah. the real name. They just had a remake, Nathan. Are you Are you saying they just... Uh, I'm not going to let you give me any hints. Um, I, I think I actually do know this. <laughs> shit. I'm trying to think of like different video games that I know, because <laughs> that's my best guess at this. Among Us. Uh, no, I'm just going to... Think of flashlights. Oh, Think about a flashlight. Okay, just I I understand you're giving me hints. Relax, Doggett. I want this to be a fair game. Um, you don't own a game. There is no fairness in this. You've never played a video game. Cultural osmosis is what it's called. Okay, Half Life wouldn't be a name. Okay, I'm just gonna say. Wait. Hmm. 
Shit. Carrington Institute. Shit. Shit, 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 shit. I'm just going to pull something out of my ass that I'm pretty positive isn't right, but video games have named characters for less. So I'm going to say Deus Ex. All right. I think, Danny, did you, how did you figure it out, Danny? Uh, I mean, probably not. I was going to say Alan Wake. Oh. When you said flashlights, though, I thought I was pretty sure you had, though, because this is a game. It's not a part of the James Bond series, but it is considered a spiritual successor to Goldeneye. It's called Perfect Dark. The protagonist is named Joanna Dark. I would oh, not okay. have gotten that in a million yeah. years. Me neither, yeah. I missed that you're, one. You're Which is fine. Man, I love though. trivia questions like that, because then you won't forget them. Yeah, you that's a, a fun question. enemy today. Carrington. Oh, my gosh. All right. Okay. So we'll start with Danny in first position on this. This may not seem like a pop culture question, but the fact that I've, the fact that all these questions are skewing toward pop culture may give you a hint, let's say. All right. Founded in 1971, the Christian parachurch apostolate People of Praise has recently drawn attention due to Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett, a member since birth. Indeed, she rose to the highest position a woman is allowed to hold in this group a rank that since 2017 has been termed, imaginatively enough, woman leader. Before 2017, however, that office was known by what name? This term is usually interpreted as a reference to the common English translation of Luke 138. Who are you directing it at first, me? Danny. Okay, sorry. Oh, oh, oh. Well, Amy Coney Barrett, we all know who that is, and she rose to power... She held a group, the rank of 2017. Well, this is a lot of information that I know nothing about. You don't I don't know who Amy Coney Barrett is? Yes, I know who that is. I don't okay, have a science like... degree. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm a fucking heathen, so I don't know what Luke 138 is. Hmm. Well, if, um, if it's all the same to you, I'm going to say the Office of Kratos. Okay. <laughs> that, that is technically works under the Jimmy Lee rule. You did not pass, but it's not correct. So I'll pass to Nathan. Oh man, that is a tough one because I am also a heathen. So uh, common English translation of Luke 138 is not helping me out at all, even though it probably should. But all the Amy Coney Barrett stuff is giving me a lot uh okay let me see i'm assuming since it says before 2017 the office was known by what name is a like oh we better uh change that name a little bit i'm trying to think of the worst possible thing to say which is probably not the best way to do it but i'm trying this is this is awful i'm sorry grandma Powerful broad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so you actually were on going on the right track. Didn't end up in the right place, but um, yeah, let's, I, I assume. But <laughs> let's see if Bradley can do any better. Well, Luke, of course, being one of the apostles of Christ. God damn it! <laughs> God damn it! We already lost. <laughs> uh, let's see. In terms of authority, back then it was a total sausage fest. So the name. I'm guessing literally had to change because a woman joined them. In terms of high authority, matriarchs and patriarchs, I would say the term must have been a high priest for the uh, change. Yeah. That, that's what you're locking in? That's what I, I'm locking in, high priest. 
Okay, yeah. You're uh, actually, I mean, it's actually kind of the, the opposite of that. Like there's kind of a ceiling on how high women could rise. Like all of the top mm-hmm. positions are reserved for men, but- Low broad. <laughs> <laughs> right, bottom broad. Right, but there are women, women's, women authority in authority within that group are basically only in authority over other women. So it's the woman who has authority over other women. Okay. Um, and add that in with Nathan's deduction that around 2017, something happened that gave this term a very negative connotation that they had to change, you know, that kind of pressured them to change it. The correct answer is handmade. Oh, oh, Jesus. Damn wow. It. Damn it. You say pop culture. That, that was all I was thinking about the entire time. That Oh, mm, that is that's a yeah. bummer. That makes sense. Oh. Yeah. That literally like uh, I my had, thinking went totally the other way like I guess we got to include women now so change the name. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. I had like a, a dog millionaire moment, but all the moments leading to my life led to the answer after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, so when people, you know, compare Amy Coney, Coney Barrett to a, a handmaid, they may not realize how accurate that is. Yeah, I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, That's true. crazy. All right. This uh, is fun. <laughs> All right, so we'll have one final cycle for everyone in first position one more time on one of these. So we'll start with Nathan in first position on this one. Agatha Christie's 1934 novel, Why Didn't They Ask Evans, has been adapted for TV four times, most recently in 2022 for BritBox with Hugh Laurie as writer-director. The book opens with one protagonist playing golf badly until he stumbles across a dying man who states the title query, Why Didn't They Ask Evans, before expiring. As a bit of a joke, Agatha Christie gave that protagonist what name, which her readership would immediately have recognized as being identical to the name of one of the world's foremost golfers, obviously at the time. Okay. So, you're asking me about 1930s golf. Shit. I thought you were going to make these shit easy for us. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) I I, the softball questions, (laughs) Jimmy. I said easier, not easy. I'm just trying to think because golfing is so my parents' lane. And I'm trying to think if there's any cultural osmosis stuff I could parse out. I'm trying to think. It was probably a white golfer. Okay. I I am just going to give a name that I'm going based off of. I'm going based off the fact that I believe it is the name of a golf ball brand, even though now I'm realizing it's also uh volleyball brand and possibly is just a sports good brand i'm just gonna go richard t wilson right yeah i i will say that that since it's i'm, I'm technically asking for a fictional character rather than the real life person oh you're so you're you asking can, for it's a fictional golf character no i mean well okay so i'm saying that the protagonist of this novel has the same first and last name as a real life golfer okay but because technically the question is phrased to ask for a character, that means that either a first or last name by itself, I, c- I could accept. So okay, if you- I'm going to take Wilson. Okay, that's a, a good guess. Again, it's a common, it's a, a decent strategy on these to just guess, you know, just a common name. So yeah, that's a pretty common English name. Uh, I can't fault you for that, but it's This is correct. so backhand. <laughs> I appreciate it, Yogi. <laughs> but, but it's not correct, so I'll pass to Bradley. All right, 1930s golf. I just read through this here. 1934 novel golf. Oh, let's see. Oh, what do all the people over 50 say when someone's good at golf? He's a regular. Blah, 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 blah. He's a regular. Boom, 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 boom. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to just go with the name Wellington. 
All right. Another nice English name, but yeah, shot in the dark. <laughs> yeah, not correct though. So pass to, Dan- to Danny. Okay, so it's it's many years ago. My favorite reference of what how time works. Let me think. Okay, so many years ago, a reference that the world would know. I have to go with Tiger. <laughs> yeah, definitely. In 1934, her leadership would all have been like, "Yes, yes, Tiger. That's a great golfer." We, we <laughs> accept him with open arms too. Christy, our greatest prophet yeah, and foreseer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, they, it's actually Eldrick. No, wait, um, no, no, they, it's a, this golfer was, was at a very, very generic name. He was named Bobby Jones. Oh my God, we all probably could have guessed this. Oh God, right? <laughs> we kept going with generic names long enough. <laughs> a regular Bobby Jones does sound like something yeah. I've heard, but yeah. Yeah, sometimes these are, are more accessible than you think. Well, I mean, that... I'm just assuming that joke slayed in 1934. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody somebody looked out of their book like tears of laughter. (laughs) They're like, I can't even read this anymore. I got to put this down and smoke some pipe tobacco. Hey, mom, read this chapter. (laughs) All right. Bradley in first position on this one. Sports writer Al Stump, as played by Robert Wool, is a major supporting character in what 1994 biopic? It was based on a book by Stump, whose factual accuracy has been, let's say, heavily questioned by later biographers. All right. So a sports writer named Al Stump, played by Robert Wool, 1994 biopic. Let's see, what biopics was I writing? Was I writing? Was I watching that related to sports? And now everyone says he's full of shit. Uh, sorry, language. I hate losing. So I'm going to watch that. <laughs> okay. Factual accuracy has been heavily questioned. Okay. For, I'm going to say Rudy. That is definitely a movie that does not stick to the facts. And it's around that time, early 90s. So a very yeah. good guess, very good guess, but not correct. So pass, pass to Danny. Okay. Sports writer Al Stump, as played by Robert Wool, a major supporting character in what 1994 biopic? It was based on a book by Stump, whose factual accuracy has been, let's say, heavily questioned by letter biographies. Ooh. Uh, 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 oh man uh, cinderella man okay that i think that's what you're locking in yes okay that's i think from about a decade later but good guess you were uh, so disappointed you look so <laughs> disappointed like if i had a dad that's how i imagined he'd look at me all right i'm after nathan i'm gonna try and think of this so 1994 biopics Part of me keeps wanting to say the people versus Larry Flint, even though I know that is totally not right. But I'm just trying to get in that same wavelength of like around that era of biopic. Because it is not an area that I... Oh, no, he's cheating. He's giving me the answer. <laughs> no, 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 no. everything. I, I can't believe it got that bad. Sorry. Jesus Christ, there are like rocks lining in the inside of my toilet. This is all going to be edited out. Okay, so 1994. (laughs) Or maybe not. Maybe this is the content that they look for, Yogesh. (laughs) For the listener at home, my toilet is being fixed. So I'm trying to think. Sports writer Al Stump, 
Robert Wolf. Oh man. The thing is I have a really good memory for years and movies and I'm just really trying to have a 1994 biopic hit in my brain. Oh shit. I know Malcolm X isn't it obviously. I doubt anybody's like that guy was a crock of shit. Um trying to think. That was a poor joke. Sports biopic or maybe not a sports biopic. Okay, this is awful. This isn't probably right, but I'm just going to take a guess of a movie around that time that is probably not accurate, but I know probably has some journalism and I have not seen it, The Pelican Brief. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was a, a John Grisham novel. Pure <laughs> <laughs> fiction. Legal, <laughs> legal thriller that, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there's like an uh, outlandish I, murder. I, I only, yeah. <laughs> well, at least I pick an actual I only got one, one, one more shot in the dark. Okay. Um, I'm not sure this one's actually not fictional either. <coughs> if it was a dramatization of fictional events because of the corruption and what with Henry Hill running around at the time. I'm not going to say Goodfellas if that's what you think. Is it Blue Chips? Oh, okay. I mean, and, uh, no, it's, it's not. But I think Damn. that's the right. I think that's the right year. Yeah. So, and that is a sports movie. Yeah, <laughs> swing and a miss again. It's probably a baseball. I missed out on so many baseball movies. It is. It is a baseball movie. It's based on the life of a, a very famous baseball player, and maybe one of the few biopics that makes its protagonist look even worse of a human being than he was in real life, even though by all accounts, he was not at all a good human being. But he was played in the film by Tommy Lee Jones, a very memorable performance that might have gotten an Oscar nomination in a weaker year. 1994, famously one of the greatest years of all time for movies. Sure. Yeah. It's called Cobb. Oh, oh okay. shit. I have he was heard that Cobb. Movie. Yeah. Nah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Damn. I'm enjoying how hard these questions are. I hope you understand that I'm like a sponge for this knowledgeable shit. And this is just constantly. Like all, all the listeners right now are thinking, what the heck is blue chips? And so. <laughs> sorry, it was like the Pelican brief, that asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Opens with, uh, I'm just oh, going man, to assume no. like a, a presidential <laughs> candidate, like falling on a knife. And then they're like, clearly that knife was planted there. Then. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think you I think you built up a lot of credibility with my audience with that William Castle knowledge. And then maybe definitely spent, did. then maybe yeah. spent a bit of it with the Pelican Brief, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that you and Bradley spent more time on these answers, but still got them just as wrong as me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I enjoyed that too. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Danny in first position on this one. This was a question I cut from the, the episode I recorded two days ago. And so it's it is going to skew a little bit harder than the other ones, but let's see how it plays. What Illinois city in Vermilion County prides itself on being the hometown of five major 20th century celebrities, Donald O'Connor, Bobby Short, Dick Van Dyke, Jerry Van Dyke, and Gene Hackman. It shares its name with the Virginia city mentioned in the opening line of the night they drove old Dixie down that served as the final capital of the Confederacy, and also shares its name with the fictional city in the tri-state area where Phineas and Ferb is set. Okay, what's it, what? Okay. What Illinois city in Vermilion County prides itself for being the hometown of major 20th century celebrities? Okay. Man, guys, the sad part is I have my phone out for this and I'm still getting all these wrong. That's the worst part. But I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to say probably the best guess I can give for this 
is Detroit. All right. Detroit, Illinois is uh, Detroit, Virginia. (laughs) Yes. Detroit (laughs) is my best guess for this. Because any longer, and it does seem like I have my phone out. (laughs) Okay. Well, sorry, that's not correct. I passed to Nathan. So I one of you guys got it. You guys got it. I can't be first again. I'm from Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is uh, very close to Illinois. It is uh, famous for its brats and its police brutality. And I have never used that bit before. And I shouldn't use that bit. But weirdly enough, when I was super young, I was at a diner and I saw Gene Hackman there and was terrified of him because of Lex Luthor, which is funny looking back at all the roles that he's been in. And I love the song, The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down, but I am drawing a blank, but I'm trying to talk through it to try and figure out if that blank can lead to anywhere. That's it. Oh, thank you so much, Martin. No, Martin, yeah. not the answer. <laughs> that, that was not my answer. Do not lock that in, Yogesh. <laughs> um, anyways, well, now that is over. So there we go. Okay. Virginia, Illinois, I'm trying to think. Okay, this is me guessing something. I doubt it's in Vermilion County, but Schaumburg? All right, that's a decent I doubt there's a doubt there's a Schaumburg, Virginia, but I'm just trying to think of areas. And if it were Springfield, I'm sure, sure there would be a Simpsons hint. That would be way too easy. But yeah. Yeah, no, I, I one of the, the specialist categories in that game was Illinois, and I definitely wrote a Springfield question there because I am, in fact, from Springfield, Illinois. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. The Westerner. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Wisconsin, like, there's like three major directors who were born in the 1910s in Wisconsin, one in Kenosha. I don't remember. Orson Welles. Orson Welles, yeah. Because like Nicholas Ray and Joseph Losey were all born within a few years of there in similar small towns in Wisconsin. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo is from our hometown. And I used to work at his favorite place to get burgers and his favorite place to get pizza and like his two favorite restaurants in there. And I was like head chef of both at the same time. And every time he would drive through and visit, it would be on a day that I was off and glad that I was off. And then people would be like, you're not going to believe it. Mark Ruffalo showed up. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay, you locked in Schaumburg. Yeah, I mean, I, I know where that is. I went to high school in Aurora, which it's is not in Vermilion for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not. All right, Bradley. Oh, I have no idea, but uh, <laughs> I, could, I could take a shot in the dark. Let's see, Phineas and Ferb. Oh, bury the platter boys. We live in the tri-state area. I'm thinking Detroit's uh, taken. <laughs> is it Millersville? That's that what you're locking in. That's what I'm logging in. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, it is something that ends in Ville, and it was... I Damn think it! The, Sorry. I think the, the Phineas and Ferb one was, uh, <laughs> was I think, not not named for any real-life city. I think it was an homage to one of the creators of the show, Dan, yeah. Yeah, Dan Povenmire, and so it's called Danville. Oh. Yeah. I knew it was Ville. I should have paid more attention watching cartoons with my kids. So that's my bad. That's Phineas awesome. and Ferb was like a generation after me when it came to Disney Channel. And what are you talking about? <laughs> it was. You're, you're not 45. <laughs> yes, Disney Channel. That 45-year-old channel. Probably now at this point. Yeah. I mean, Phineas and Ferb was a, a pretty good show. For, I mean, adults, I think. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it quite yeah, a yeah, bit. It was yeah. just... Well, it was Nathan doesn't watch television. I'm like, I'm like, I don't watch these. I watch Sidney Lumet films. <laughs> It is, in fact, possible to watch both, and I can testify to that. 
personally. <laughs> no, no, Nathan hates Joy. That's why he hates Steven Universe. Hey, I haven't seen David O. Russell's Joy, so I'll, I'll come back to you on that one. <laughs> also a biopic. Yes. Uh, it is a real Okay. Yeah, Joy, Joy Mangano, I think, is a real life It's woman. funny. One of you guys picked your topic as David O. Russell's Joy. <laughs> <laughs> And that the year that came out, it was the same year as The Room, which, or sorry, it was the same year as Room, Room, which also had a protagonist named Joy, and the same year as Inside Out, which also had a character named Joy. Huh. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a man. man that's these a writers story. are running out of names. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I think two of my top three films of all time were directed by Sidney Lumet. I definitely fit well within that category as Sidney. The Lumet verdict? Fan. No, not not the verdict. Damn. Okay. I, I will admit, if I if I miss one more answer, I'm about to go apeshit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you'll be happy to know that this round is over, at least. Uh, the, the, this, <laughs> this is the easy round. Actually, the next one is really, well, like I said, the next one is the not all that hard round, which means it's probably the easiest of the game. Um, okay. But we end that with Nathan at 0.2, Bradley at 0.1, and Danny at 0.0. But of course, the point, value, <laughs> point values will keep going up throughout the game. So these early scores will quickly be washed out. All right. So we begin now the not all that hard round. In this round and all successive rounds, each of you will get three specialist questions related to the categories you selected. Standard caveat, it's not intended to be a fair or comprehensive test of your knowledge of the category. The questions may relate directly or obliquely. To keep everyone on their toes, I won't reveal the categories up front. They'll probably become evident over the course of the game, but we'll see. So the twist is that before you can answer, your opponents or your fellow contestants will get to work together to try to steal the points from you. You only get a chance to answer for points if your opponents miss. If I throw the question over to you without telling you if they missed or got it right, if you're 100% certain of the answer and that they're right, you can confirm. Otherwise, it's in your interest to not just copy what they said, because you're not going to get points if you just copy it, whether they're right or wrong. So you know, try and come yeah. up with a, a different answer. And there are some, in some cases, there are going to be bonus questions. If you get stolen from, there might be an extra question worth half as many points as the steal. They're kind of irregularly sprinkled in, just kind of an element of luck in the game. And they will relate to the question that was asked. They may not be in the same category. They may not be at the same level of difficulty. So these questions are not all that hard. They'll be worth two points as a steal, one point as a specialist. And now, and for the rest of the game, the points for a correct answer will go to both stealers if the question is stolen, even if only one knew the answer. So luck plays a role in the outcome alongside skill. Okay. Writing Nathan Brad's coattails. Sorry of my life. (laughs) My reign begins. (laughs) Okay. So we begin with, actually, I'm going to quickly grab a a bottle of water. My throat's getting a little dry. And then let me do that as well. Okay. Yeah. All this losing gets you parched. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Oh, Oh, this is pretty intense, huh? This This is intense. How you doing, Brad? I'm having a fun time, but I've I've failed at trivia before. I'm used to it. You're, you're, you you settled on the fact that this wasn't going to be a win for you. Yeah. Well, no, not I don't like to settle. Like you probably hear my father's influence coming out, where I'm like irritated about losing, but uh, <laughs> probably not as irritated. I probably feel I'm more irritated about losing than I actually sound. Actually, I don't know. I can't wait till you're really sure about an answer and you get it wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, that really was a shot in the dark with the whole, well, Jesus and the apostles back when Luke saw him along the riverbed. You know, I was like, I don't know what I'm talking about. 
Handmaiden. I don't know. Of course it's Handmaiden. Nathan's, Nathan's too close to that handyman. He's giving him the answers. Yeah. <laughs> well, my my only out. my only point was stealing your answers. So I feel bad about that a little bit. When you were like, no way they'd make Magnum PI. I'm like, dude, they've remade Magnum PI so hard. I'm trying. I, I was trying the entire time not to act like not nonplussed by half the shit he showed me that was not literal shit, but shit that came out of my toilet. He's like, man, you've been breathing out of this air filter and it just looks like, like a fucking tar based lung. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah, showed yeah. me like, like a coal miners. Uh, yeah, he showed me the pipe. Right. Yeah, I was, he was just like, yeah, so this is the pipe that's been releasing. You're not supposed to flush the bottle caps. Man. It, it has nothing to do with anything being flushed. It was literally just pumping out water and it was like nothing but rocks. Wow. Anyways. Yeah. All right. Cool. So we'll begin with Bradley and Danny teaming up to steal from Nathan. So this question okay. first will go to Bradley and Danny working together. And then if they don't get the correct answer, it will pass to Nathan. Oh, yeah. Gen X and millennial together again for the first time. Here we go. Michael Bay category is my guess. <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> Should have done that. <laughs> okay, give us the bitter call Saul question. I will actually. Okay. Uh, in a 2015 episode of the Better Call Saul Insider podcast, Vince, oh, <laughs> Vince Gilligan informed fans that, quote, there is nothing original or funny or cool, end quote, about performing a certain action. Whereupon Jonathan Banks added, and if I catch you doing it, I will hunt you down. On behalf of Fran Padilla, Gilligan and Banks were asking fans of their shows to not do what specific action? All right, let's just take a look over this question here. Performing a, a certain action, question. whereupon Yo, Jonathan question. Banks says, I wouldn't advise it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for okay. 2015 episode of Better Call Saul. Do not do this action. Doggett, do you remember what it's called when you take a dump down a sunroof? That's a oh a sunroof. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> defecating <laughs> through a sunroof. I think we should go with unless you know. No, you no, I was going to say else. I was going to think like serious answers, like you shouldn't steal, you shouldn't kill somebody, but that's that seems more realistic. Okay, so so in 2015, Jimmy is in jail, right? And Chuck is going to Chuck is going to bail him out, and he's like, "There he is, there's slipping Jimmy. I gotta bail you out again." What is it that he did? And they use the slang term for what he did. And he's like, what is that? And she's like, he defecated down a sunroof. He defecated through a sunroof. And I'm pretty sure that's the answer. But unless you can think of something else. No, no, no. That's I, I have to go with you. I'm thinking that's season one. No, it's like season, season two. it's like season two or three. Yeah. Okay. So Better Call Saul premieres 2014. No, no. 15. Sorry. I shouldn't. Oh, it well, might be a sunroof. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's do the Cleveland steamer down a sunroof. All right. Yeah, I would say that normally my questions don't skew that direction, but because of one of the categories that was picked, I actually had no choice but to to make at least one question that does kind of it's a little more off color than my normal questions would be, but it's it's not this yeah. one though. Uh, so. Oh no. <laughs> I apologize for being so gross. <laughs> So that's uh, that it's, it won't be the, the last time on this episode, let's say. So that's the yeah, not correct, Pastor Nathan. I know the answer, but I kind of want to just do an impression of how the Insider podcast did it, where Vince Gilligan's like, hey, there, there are good people living at this house, and there's nothing original or funny or cool about doing it. And Jonathan Banks is just like, 
you know, and if I catch you doing it, I will hunt you down. And what type of sick shit throws a pizza on a roof? Who's wasting oh. a good pizza? <laughs> so there you are. It's the pizza on the roof gag. Oh, better call Saul was the red herring. Yeah, yeah. it really yeah. was. Yeah, it does say fans of their shows. So them, I mean, yeah, yeah, womp, yeah, womp. yeah. It is one of those things where like they've had to fence off that house. Oh yeah. man, that's an epic rap battle verse. Damn it, I should have got this. Yeah, I, was, I asked you to save me, and you, you didn't. When you said well, I, I was stuck on Better Call Saul, episode, same, same episode of the Better Call Saul Insider podcast. I'm like, I've listened to that podcast, but this may fuck me. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I remember this very vividly. Language, sir. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the Padillas were okay with people like posing for pictures outside of the house, but the coming up and throwing a pizza on their roof was kind of crossing the line. Yeah, a ton of people ordering uncut pizzas. What, what, what did you write for this category, Nathan? Did you just write Better Call Saul? Or did you I just, just wrote, put down Vince wrote, the Gilligan universe? I, I wrote, I think Vince Gilliverse, I called it. Wow. Wow. All right, we'll Jeez. get the next one, I'm sure. Okay, so the next one is Nathan and Danny to try and steal from Bradley. Oh, uh, God, it's okay. Oh, good. Great. Oh, my my milk toast categories. What novel is this? <laughs> okay, so before I ask this question, I do I think many of my listeners are probably familiar with the the British game show Only Connect, which is also the basis for Connections Online Quiz League, which many people are playing now. But I I don't know if you guys are, so I'll expl- I basically it's a game show built around finding connections between things and in the first round there are four clues and contestants have to guess what the thing that connects those four things are. That's all the background you need for this. Okay. Okay. So if I attempted to construct and only connect round one question out of the Simpsons episodes, Brush with Greatness, Homer's Barbershop Quartet, and Lisa the Vegetarian, I would be out of luck because there is no fourth episode that completes the set and there never will be. However, in a hypothetical universe where such an episode did exist, what would have to take place in it? Okay. 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 I know you um, know more Simpson stuff than well, I do. Lisa the Vegetarian, like, if I'm thinking about that, that's the episode where Lisa the str- ruins a barbecue at the end and a pig goes, like, flying down a river. I don't know if that's had anything to do with anything. I don't remember Barbershop Quartet too much or <sighs> Russian Greatness. That could be about painting, probably. Mm. I would... Mm, mm, mm. Okay. <sighs> okay. What would take place in it? Okay. Okay, it has to be sleep. It has, uh, I feel it like it centric? would be a character centric. It would uh, be Lisa centric, wouldn't it? But then Homer. Well, no, Homer it wouldn't Sh- be Lisa centric. It would be probably. I, I would say it, it would probably be something in. Well, it wouldn't be Homer. I'm assuming that. Eh, shit. I'm going to assume that it would be Bart performing some form of new profession or hobby something along those lines do you oh, it uh, could be the celebrity cameos but i think ah that's a good no way oh, no way i'm thinking about lisa turning to a buddhist never mind well i mean you'd be like yeah that's all the jackson five i'm just kidding oh, the worst part about this is when bradley picked the simpsons he probably thought to be a softball for me yeah, the worst... i don't know Okay. Uh, okay. Well, well, where are you trying to go with this? I okay. focus on the fact that two of them are character centric in the title. Do you remember these other two episodes, Nate? 
I honestly don't remember any of the three of them. I need to do a Simpsons rewatch, but come on. Okay, because <laughs> Lisa the vegetarian. I'm couch by the time I finish. Um, shit. Okay, word. I think we just have to guess, Nathan. Yeah, I want to. I want guess. Lisa and Homer had to come in terms of each other. I think is what is going to have to happen. Oh, I was going to say that it would be a Bart-centric episode in which he takes up a new hobby. Okay. okay think... we're gonna... All right. Yeah, I think I can kind of... It's I mean, flimsy. I can, I can, it's kind of half fits, because I think that is kind of like a Marge-centric episode, a Homer-centric one, and a Lisa-centric one. So I can see how, you know, a Bart one might complete the set, but that doesn't really work with the rest of the, the question at all. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Bradley? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure either. Uh, let's see. Brush with greatness. This is just such an obscure question. My brain. <laughs> Brush with greatness. I think that's when Marge is painting Homer and he's trying to lose weight. Crush your uh, enemy, Bradley. Crush Homer's your barbershop quartet. I remember he wanted a shit ton of brownies. He was so excited about a plate of brownies in that one. <laughs> so at least the vegetarian, you don't win friends with salad. These are all like food centric, I feel like in my head. Maybe in the fourth one, you know, it's about reconciling with your kids. All of these, let's see, his wife, his daughter, uh, his whole family with with the uh, barbershop quartet. That's when they're called the B-sharps. Hmm. I would say it's I'm not, I'm sure this episode exists. It has to exist. All the episodes exist in The Simpsons. That's what's also <laughs> throwing me off. Homer enters a singing contest in which Marge paints the performance as Lisa protests it because it funds something evil by Montgomery Burns and Bart is indifferent through the whole thing. I guess that's my answer. All right. So this is another one where I think it happens a lot in this podcast. People think that they're nowhere near the answer and they're right on top of it. And you, I mean, uh, Danny and Nathan, like you virtually had it. Danny, uh, oh no, guys. Yeah. Uh, Lisa, the celebrity cameos. So Lisa's a vegetarian, right? Who, who's the big celebrity cameo in that episode? Uh, uh, the Beatles. Oh, the Beatles are in all the, all these episodes. So, yeah, it's, George Harris, George Harrison is in, can I just answer this now? Like sure. A jerk. <laughs> okay. So brush with greatness is Paul or no Ringo. Ringo. Brush with greatness, Ringo. Homer's Barbershire Quartet is George. Uh, Lisa the Vegetarian is Paul and Linda. So the fourth episode would have to be John. Yeah, hypothetically. in an episode. Yeah, damn it. But he's yeah. dead. When I said Jackson 5, it briefly occurred to me. I'm like, maybe the Beatles. And then I was like, no, nah, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm throwing that shot in the dark. Yeah, so I tell people, you know, verbalize what you're thinking because you may I, be... It's my fault, Nate. I stopped it. I was like, celebrity cameos. No way, that's Lisa. No, no, no. I, I blame I, it on me. I kept going back to like, eh, in general, like, I'd assume that's it'd be a an cool old character-centric one, but it'd yeah. be really weird if there would just never be one with Bart. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like we, we've put an edict from on high and no. Just do no, the Bart man, no. Nate. Why won't you dance? <laughs> All right, so now Bradley and Nathan to try and steal from Danny. This is, this is video games, I swear to fucking Christ. <laughs> this is a different kind of question from what I normally write. I'll I'll just tell my I'll I'll pre-apologize to my listeners for that. Um, <laughs> 
but there it is. All right, here's the question. On February 23rd, 2022, the FDA gave its approval to the one male condom line of condoms. What differentiates that particular line of condoms from all other condoms that have gained FDA approval? What is this category? <laughs> is, it, is it just on the subject of condoms? And I, this, this is going to sound like a weird question for me, but what is a condom? <laughs> shut, shut the fuck up, Bradley. We we got it. Like, my okay, final okay. my first chapter. We, okay, we, so, we gotta pull a Sully Sullenberger right now. Let's yeah, so serious. FDA gave its approval <laughs> to the one <laughs> male condom line of condoms. The one male condom line of condoms. What differentiates no, no, Bradley, that particular line of condoms from all other condoms that have gained FDA approval? Now, Bradley, I want you to know condoms are actually round. Just because the packaging is square. Uh, well, is this is this something like this sounds vulgar? I don't know how to talk so about I'm this. So I'm trying to think of like what. So we've got our different like it's it wouldn't be ripped, ripped for her for pleasure, her pleasure. Right? Yeah. yeah, but that that one that one is already and, and remember, guys, you use condoms um, before sex. What, what double double sensitivity or whatever the the like hot mm-hmm. and cold. I know those exist, right. but this uh, is 2022. You've heard legends, maybe. So I feel like the word magnum should be involved. No, no, no. I think. Uh, <laughs> I think in general size shouldn't matter for this. Okay. Because I'm, I'm, that right. those of all that area that well has already been tapped. Like, why would the FDA yeah, in 2022? Okay. But but what do you think really changes it? And let let's assume that like the FDA was just like I, I'm assuming there's like a boardroom like, okay, fine, fine, we'll, we'll send this out there. It's got to be some sort of astroglide feature or like some sort of lubed situation, right? <laughs> Slowly dissolving. Um, I'm trying to think. Honey baked ham flavored condoms? Well, the, the flavored condoms have been around for way Oh, have they? Long. Yeah. See, this is this is not my area of expertise. Neither. <laughs> same with me. This is why this is a bit by Doggett. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> glad Doggett did it. This is funny. This, this is the long con. Um, <laughs> so, Bradley, what what do you where where are we going with this? So I, I haven't bought it, a condom in like twenty years, man. <laughs> no shit, Bradley. <laughs> um, anyways, neither is Nate. Yeah, at, at age two. Let me think. Or wait, no, I'm not twenty two. What the hell? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. What what do you think? Like, what what is an outrageous thing for a condom to do? It's okay. got to be some sort of okay. lubricated thing. It's It's got to be. Okay. Well, it's not flavored. It's not like different sensitivity stuff. The FDA would have to prove some sort the of The name of it thing, is right? one male. Oh, oh, what about what about latex free? Part, part of me was like, they were the first condoms to say make America great again, but I'm sure there are plenty. <laughs> A condom with Nequilicu flipping or something. Um, okay. I just love how flabbergasted you both are. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think it would be hilarious. Lambskin condom? When did that come out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, those those old school. The original um, one. <laughs> the, the gentleman's original condom. I'm trying to think. So, uh, I'm gonna make an assumption that it has something to do like a post-COVID thing. Yeah. Maybe it's because uh, the, the condom wearing a mask. I'm like, is it a, is it a condom mask combo? All right, you, you got to take a shot in the dark here. Yeah, what material? Sure. What material should a condom be made out of that only dudes want? And I feel like should feel That's a little morally reprehensible. 
<laughs> you know <laughs> that's where my head is going yeah, because yeah, i'm like yeah. i'm just imagining people at the fda being like okay fine fine there's nothing on paper that says you can't do it but just yeah. because you can do it doesn't mean you should right um we're way past time man you got to say something yeah, yeah okay let's go with um I just mean on the question we're okay we're thinking it yeah they they are they're condoms but they have an inflatable feature so they're like like there's there's a second or fourth or whatever layer that allows for enlargement yeah uh, multi-layered condoms that allow for girth is our answer technically like girth condoms you you could say oh yeah they're all extra large but we know that they're just packing air yeah locked in it's locked and you said multiple flaccid falsy yeah I kept thinking of the uh, like the with razors. I keep having like four blades, five blades, six blades. That's <laughs> multi-layered condom for girth. <laughs> this is our first seven-layer one. All right, okay. uh, dildo condom, <laughs> vibrating condom. But th- those are all no. decent guesses, but well, or indecent guesses on your part. Yeah, they're all yeah. indecent. Yeah. Guesses. <laughs> but um, it's not correct. I'll pass to Danny. Okay. Okay. So. The tricky part about this is when I gave the suggestion, I immediately studied condoms, but my how I fucked up was I studied the creation of condoms. Like I went really far back in the past. <laughs> so this is a bit of a curveball for me. You're such a son um, of a bitch for this bit, too. <laughs> <laughs> um okay. No, well I actually done, I actually so so I did hear some news about some condoms because I I, I go to I listen to different podcasts about different health <laughs> stuff. So I, I think I remember hearing about this. I just can't remember exactly what it was about. I think it uh, I think it um I think what it does is it helps shit. I think it helps prevent herpes. Hmm. Okay. I not, wait, no, wait. Shouldn't, shouldn't all condoms do that? That was my 98%, thought. Yeah, yeah. 98% of all <laughs> STDs can be prevented by condoms. Oh, well then. <laughs> I'm the fool then. That's, that's, that's really why one. it's called safe sex. Yeah. It's protection. Yeah, I, mean, I understand it. I just use it, rather. <laughs> it's not just contraception. There are other reasons to use it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so the correct answer is basically um, up until February 2022, every condom that had actual FDA approval was for vaginal intercourse. This was the first one that was approved for anal intercourse. Oh, okay. That makes sense. The anal you intercourse condom. This one, one male is such a fucking shout out. God damn it. Also, friend of the show, well, not friend of your show, but friend of my show and whatever shows you guys do, uh, that's Alex's birthday. All right. Oh, get him a condom. <laughs> right. Should get him a ton of one male condoms. Uh, I'm very glad I was part of the first free for this show. Why did Why ones. did we not think that right away for I male condom no only? Idea. Like, why didn't we go to that lifestyle? Like, what is wrong with us? How close-minded are we? See, you fell for my part, card, part right? of me went very Republican with it, yeah. where I shouldn't have. I was I was like, yeah. this is this is for men. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it is for men. That, that's where I went. I mean, yeah. it is. Yeah, presumably, yeah, yeah. That's right. why I was like, "Make America Great Again" condom. Well, I'm really hoping I inspired <laughs> other people to bring up condom-related questions to your show. <laughs> this is important information. I can't yeah. argue with that. Can't, can't argue with that. Yeah, I'm actually really impressed by the poll. That's, that's a great poll. 
Okay, Bradley and Dan. Sorry. Bradley and Danny to try and steal from Nathan. Okay. Okay. One actor who unites two of Nathan's great loves is Robert Forster, who appeared in the Breaking Bad episode of Granite State and returned in El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, and who owes his late career renaissance to Quentin Tarantino, casting him in what turned out to be an Oscar-nominated role in Jackie Brown. Long before then, though, Forrester played the lead in Haskell Wexler's endlessly fascinating Godard-influenced political masterpiece, Medium Cool. That film came out in 1969 and famously included footage shot in the midst of what violent series of events that took place the previous year? What violent series of events that took place in 1968? Hmm. You know, you know any 68 violence, Doggett? No, there was a lot of violence in the 60s, actually, like several serial killers running around. I think gas still had lead in it. Um, it was actually a crazy uh, time period, really, full of like death and destruction, really. That's crazy That's- that a film would include footage of something violent that actually took place. Happens okay. all the time. A series of events. Okay, what happened in the 70s, Brad? You were there, right? No, no, not quite. Let's see, 69 was the moon landing. Was 69 when well, somebody got shot? 60, uh, I think I think Kennedy died before 69. No, I mean, that can't be when, that can't be right. It, That's okay, absurd. Okay. okay. What year did Kennedy get shot? What year did Martin Luther King get shot? I think I think King was 69. No, Kennedy was still alive. Stop asking me these it, stor- No, they got questions. shot the same year, right? That's what okay. Mad yeah, Men yeah, yeah, but me I think they got that shot was, the same year. There's there's no way you put people being assassinated in a movie though right why when, when did the when did the manson murders happen manson those i think were the 70s okay because they because it ended i think they ended the the the, uh, the free love movement kennedy was shot before king i want to say that but there's no way this says events violent series of events a lot of people got assassinated that year i think was a couple of assassinations, maybe? Yeah. Would the assassinations of political figures fit to answer this question? How soon after did Bobby get shot? Have uh, either of us seen this film, Medium Cool? No. Okay, so me neither. But apparently it's a political masterpiece, though. Yeah, okay, let, let, let's go with the uh, Kennedy and King assassinations. Okay. I'll go. go with that. All right. I mean, those are both mentioned in Medium Cool and kind of dramatized in a very interesting way, but it doesn't fit the criterion of the film actually including footage that was shot during them. Like, and not, not, yeah. And, and to be, yeah, I'm not talking about like archive footage. I'm talking about like for the film, they actually put the actors into that situation. Oh, snap. Yeah. No, that's a very good guess. And so assuming, assuming by Kennedy, you mean Robert Kennedy, both of those. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but did, both of those did take place in 68. So a very good guess, but not the correct answer. So I'll pass mm-hmm. to Nathan. Okay, so that was where my line of thinking was initially. But then I was like, well, it's not like they really had footage of Martin Luther King's assassination. Well, yeah, the government yeah. wiped that all away. <laughs> Deferring out of that. I'm trying to remember when Kent State happened, but I doubt that would be what they would do. I'm... Uh, I'm assuming a, a civil unrest protest of some some regard, but I'm trying to think of the proper one because humanities used to be like a huge subject for me. Shit. Um, let me think. So 
wouldn't be Kent State. I doubt it because it's not like they were just like, yeah, yeah, a series of events. Let's just shoot in the middle of this. We predicted it. We we logged on for the day. God, I'm just trying to find like a good enough guess as far as like a protest. Be violent series of events. Oh shit. Shit. I'm gonna say the the Selma March. That yeah, that's my guess. Okay. Locked in. Yeah, I think, I think, right. I think that was a few years earlier because Martin Luther King was shot in 68. So I think the Selma yeah. thing was like three years earlier, maybe. Yeah, I was just trying to associate. That's, I think it's a decent with, line of thinking. I couldn't be like violent there. unrest. Right, yeah, that's, that's, a little, that's a little too vague. But I mean, you were it on the right. the Roswell dissection. But yeah, 68, this was something. So yeah, I mean, I met I met Haskell Wexler once and I talked to him about this film and we kind of bonded over the fact we we're both from Illinois. In particular, like I think his... His brother, I think, is like a big property developer in Chicago, but he's definitely from Chicago, knows that area. And this is medium cool, among other things, one of the great Chicago movies, really just all shot all over the streets and gives you a real picture of what it looked like at the time. And yeah, the unrest in Chicago kind of returned to consciousness a couple of years ago because of an Aaron Sorkin movie. This is, yeah, these are the uh, the riots that took place at the 1968 Democratic National Convention. Uh, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah, God, that... That movie was a movie that I really enjoyed for the first 20 minutes. And then my enjoyment started to wane by the end of it. And then I just kind of wanted to purge the whole movie from my brain. You're talking about I'm the like tri- pick this category. Trial of the Chicago 7. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah it was just once you got, uh, what's his name? Uh, the fucking, oh my gosh, Newt Scamander. Eddie Redmayne? Yeah. Eddie Redmayne comes up and he's like, so it was all about the troops all along. That's what this whole movie was about. I'm like, seriously? Are we watching the same movie? <laughs> anyway. Sorkin was just focusing on one issue. Yeah. Like you do in a movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, but the thing is he was focused on one issue until he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't a fan of the film either. I don't know why I'm defending. I, I was a fan of it when it came out. I probably would have put it in my top ten, but the more I thought about it, the more I was just like, ah. It definitely, yeah, seemed to lose focus, especially toward the end, where it suddenly became only about the relationship between like Hayden and Abby Hoffman. And it's again, yeah, like wasn't this movie about more than that before? Yeah, I was like, the thing that really shocked me was that like in the actual court case, if you, if you look at the summary judgment which would have been given by a farce, probably the best acting in the entire movie by Mark Rylance. And you read the actual statement, you're like, oh, this is the ending to a movie. Like, you don't have to change anything. And then it turns into, I'm going to read a list of names. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. All right. Okay, so next question. Nathan and Danny try and steal from Bradley. All right. Among the original founders of the Ultimate Fighting Championship, or UFC, in 1993, was what Hollywood filmmaker who got an Oscar nod for co-writing Apocalypse Now and later directed Conan the Barbarian and Red Dawn? I already know. This is all on you. This is all. This yeah, is all John Milius, lock it in. All right. So we have our first. Well, that's correct. And so we get our first bonus question of the game. This is directed only at Bradley. He's the only one who'll get a chance to answer it. Another UFC co-founder was a Brazilian jiu-jitsu ninth-degree red belt with the first name Rorion. That man is a member of what influential family that has become legendary in fighting circles? Uh, is that the Gracies? It is. Yeah, the Gracie family. Yeah. So everyone gets points on that. Yay. Started Yay. The bottom Yay. Right here. I had yeah, no yeah. idea Milius was in UFC, but now I, 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 I
a clench when when UFC came up. Nate, my my butt clenched, and then it was like that, Oscar nod awesome for story. co-writing Apocalypse Now. I can't. <laughs> I don't think I would have got that one. I'd have been like, crap. I can't <laughs> remember who the. Uh... I was like, this is not what I meant by UFC. Yeah. Somebody somebody was doing an interview where they were talking about working with Milius, and I can't remember what movie it was. I think it was working on Red Dawn. Like they hired somebody to do punch up work, and John Milius was like, "Well, I want to be in the room while he's doing it." And John Milius just kept like going to different like drawers, grabbing pieces of a gun, and constructing it in front of him. Epic, <laughs> epic. Just to fucking intimidate him. That, that yeah. tracks with what I've heard about John Milius. Yeah. yeah, totally, totally. The influence for Walter Sobchak in the Big Lebowski. Ah, interesting. Oh, all right. That's all right. Target category. Bradley and, Bradley and Nathan to try and steal from Danny. Okay, Ian Corty Jones, the animator behind OKKO OK Let's Be Heroes and a close collaborator with his spouse, Rebecca Sugar, on Steven Universe, is the grandson of Theodosia Oko, who was a widely respected leader in what nation? She came up with the design, horizontal red, gold, and green stripes with a black star in the center of the national flag this country has used since its 1957 independence. And she was also the longtime leader of its field hockey federation. Indeed, the Accra home stadium of its men's and women's national hockey teams is named for her. Cool. Okay. So we're trying to figure out the nation here, right? Yes. This country, red, black, and gold. 1957 independence is getting to me uh, as it probably should and i i keep thinking about steven universe but also i don't i, I watched steven universe for a while i don't really know much about the uh, behind the scenes crew well okay ko and steven universe are in fictional worlds yeah yeah i'm just so that doesn't help <laughs> yeah okay so what nation are you thinking there's part of me that's saying guam well when did a uh... Or not when fictional did, nation. Did I say fictional nation? Yeah, so 1957 is, is what I'm looking at here. Okay. And that's when, that's really when the colonizers started to realize the error of their ways, not leave, mind you, but give independence back to the nations that they have been pillaging and raping for all those years. Horizontal red, gold, and green stripes. Black I think stars. that's that's the Indian. That's India, isn't it? Okay, do we all watch Miss Marvel? So we should all know this. I'm pretty sure it, he's trying. Is, isn't Miss Marvel? Pakistan. I was going to say, yeah, Miss Marvel is Pakistan. Pakistan. I gave him a hint. Nah. Okay. <laughs> I think it's India. Do you think it's Punjab? Was the hint that I'm not going to learn anything from watching the new MCU Disney Plus shows? Because <laughs> <laughs> message that, received, uh, dog it. They, they already did Reed Richards' stretchiness, so they didn't want. Kamala to have badass powers. They okay. just wanted to have Brad, awful Bradley, ones. Bradley. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Start talking about this. We'll never stop talking. Okay, about so it. England, um, England gave England started giving. I think it's India. I'm fine with you locking it in. I'm just trying to think if that was around 1950. Well, just remember where's where's Dalzim from Street Fighter from? That's his flag. <laughs> these colors. I'm Wait, pretty sure that's India. Wait, who? Okay. Dalzim. Let's, let's lock it in, Bradley. Yeah, it's good to have a guess. India. Yeah, let's let's let's. Yeah, lock, uh, India's our lock it in. All right. Yeah, India got its independence in 1947. Oh, oh, fools! Yeah. Other it things. was off by yeah. a while. Oh, it doesn't. Yeah. Gosh. 
Yeah, it doesn't have any black on its flag, but in this, what's in the center is called the Dharma Chakra. It's like a wheel with spokes. It's not a okay. star. Okay. It's, yeah. It's actually almost identical to the flag of Niger in Africa, except Niger just has a solid circle in its center rather than a wheel with spokes. Mm. Anyway, Danny? Yeah, this isn't what I had in mind when I was <laughs> a Steven Universe, so we're, we're going to have a word from my attorneys later. I can't um, believe you picked Steven Universe. Was this just the spike category? <laughs> you understand that's like one of the few shows that have watched like five seasons <laughs> and dropped. Okay, let's see. No offense Engage to Steven Universe fans who are listening, by the way. It's not India, because I was for sure thinking it was. Let's see. Ireland's never been free. Okay. Um, <laughs> we'll give you like that, Bradley. <laughs> I would have to say, um, no, South Africa's not free. It just stopped apartheid after a while. Um, uh, I would have to say Indonesia, because I know nothing about that place. Okay, that's that, that your locked-in answer? That's my locked-in answer. Okay. All right. For I Steven maybe, Universe. I, th- I thought maybe a Steven Universe fan, well, first of all, might, might know that Ian Gordy Jones is black. I thought perhaps. I mean, I don't know. Black. Okay, because that would might direct people toward Africa as being where his ancestry is from. And neither of you guessed anything. Would you Would you accepted Africa, or were you looking for like a specific area in Africa? No, I'm just saying it might have directed you toward countries in Africa. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, just just those several countries in that giant continent. I will say that is the one area of the Animaniacs nations of the world area where I'm just like, all right. Guys, I could, okay, I could recite everything answer. from here. Give us the goddamn Egypt. answer. Oh. Okay, yeah. So 50, yeah. The, it was actually the first African country to gain independence in the 20th century because the first country to start fighting for independence was Algeria in 54. But the first one to actually get it was what was at the time called the Gold Coast in 57. It became the nation of Ghana. Hmm. You understand we had United States education here. We, 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 we don't, yeah. they don't tell us what other countries... <laughs> I mean, I, I had had a hint when the first thing you threw out was Guam, which is still part of the U.S. It's, yeah, it's, that was. Yeah. I realized that as I was saying it, I was like, "Huh, it's weird that my my ex managed to like immigrate here," and I'm like, "Wait, no." <laughs> yeah, I wanted to be known. I could cheat at this at any time. I just haven't. <laughs> no, and that's good. Yes, we're all, we're all good. good. <laughs> Cold yeah. star. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. The bare minimum. Not not a black star <laughs> like it in the, in the nation of Ghana's. Well, I, I just uh, flag, feel, I'm sad because he's star. like, oh, I like how educated you sound there, Bradley. Uh, ten years wrong though, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that was that's a good enough guess. Reaching I, for I Street Fighter thought... flags, good for you, Bradley. Yeah, uh, I, I, I clung thought... to your Street Fighter thing for. I was like, oh, what country is that character from? I thought I Independence like... in India was like 20 years earlier to be honest yeah oh well kind of a kind of a bummer now that's a cool question though these are all such cool questions i didn't even know rebecca sugar was married yeah i mean i also put in i mean this is not something i would do for my usual players who like have all the capitals of world nations memorized but i also put in the name Accra, which is the capital of god he considers this easy yeah 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 he's he's trivial whiz here yeah, we got we got to really look at these questions moving forward. Pretty Grant, soon, Doggett is going to just be jonesing and being like, "Hey, Yogesh, when you want me on for another one?" <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how this one does. Yeah. All right, Bradley and Bradley and Danny try and steal from Nathan. 
All right. right. Top Gun question. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Right. One portion of the James Bond movie Octopussy concerning the auction of a supposedly authentic Fabergé egg is a surprisingly faithful adaptation of Ian Fleming's 1963 short story, Property of a Lady. Although that story is nowadays included in the collection Octopussy in the Living Daylights, it was commissioned by what company and originally published in that company's promotional journal, The Ivory Hammer? Okay. It's probably not Penguin Publishing. That was my first guess. Just offside. In my head. Probably not comment. Fabergé eggs are like my favorite. Okay, who, who who did Paddington, Bradley? Uh, no idea. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um. Okay, a promotional journal, <laughs> the Ivory Hammer. Okay, originally published in the same company's promotional journal. Did you read any of these, Bradley? No, Ian Fleming was a sexist and a racist. I didn't read any of his books. Yeah, that's just that's more of Nathan's like league. Okay, I was like six when that was written. Now this is a man. Okay, well it's not it. Let's see. Surprisingly faithful adaptation of Ian Fleming's *Nice to Property of a Lady*. The story nowadays included the collection *Octopussy* and *Loving Daylights*. That's probably like Brown Publishing. I'm just, I got I got I was, nothing. I was going to say BBC. I was going to say BBC, but I'll go with Brown. Yeah, Brown Publishing. Right, Nathan. Okay, so this is this is somewhat where you lose me because I have not read any of these since I was a kid, and they certainly weren't in what they were originally published in. But I'm going to start parsing out some details. Now. I used to sleep with them under your pillow. Uh, you're not actually wrong about that. My mom used to tell me, like, if you want to watch a James Bond movie, you got to read this book, and I'd be reading Goldfinger. I'm like, gee, this guy does not like Koreans. <laughs> <laughs> he really doesn't like yeah, are you kidding? that's not an exaggeration not neither an exaggeration nor like an arbitrary group no that book is very much goes in on koreans yeah yeah like you you get to like the back portion and it's like okay so this is the part where james bond's gonna stop the end of the world and it's like okay so well not stop the end of the world stop the heist and it's just like if james had to do one thing before he did it was to get rid of that lousy korean I'm just like wow, and that's that's a very much kinder version of that portion. God, you, you didn't say Koreans. Anyways, yes, the only ones who. I mean, the thing is though that even Koreans, they're not the only. I mean, compared to what he says about lesbians and Alabamans, Koreans almost get off light. Yeah, or live and let die. A novel that, like, you know, I don't think we should ban books, but if if there's a list, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah these are all blocked out memories in my head but it was originally commissioned by what company and originally published in that company's promotional journal ivory hammer I'm trying to think of like british publications it's really tough though all right you know what no 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 if that's the company's promotional journal god this was 63 so it would have been post from Russia with Love's releases film. I'm assuming it, or well, probably a little bit. It'd be the same year. Let me think. Let me think. You know what? I'm just going to take a solid guess and just say that they were trying to be in keeping with the Bond oeuvre, and I'll say United Exports. <laughs> All right. Or I know it's I not guess, right, but there it yeah. is. 
I guess, yeah, Universal Exports, I think, is the name Univer- of the, oh, uh, the, United Exports, my American ass. <laughs> the cover uh, <laughs> company in uh, a lot of the James Bond. Yeah, so this, I mean, it is a, a real-life company. It is, the keyword here, I think, is, well, okay, so the keyword is auction. I mean, and also, I mean, the title, property of a lady, property as in, like, the thing that's getting auctioned and uh, yeah. ha- hammer. I mean, I think in America, they usually say gavel rather than hammer. But yeah, it's just, it was yeah. a gavel. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's... Yeah, yeah, that's what threw us off. <laughs> I'm shocked yeah. that they didn't go with property. No, no, I, no idea what this <laughs> to be honest with be. you, it's the title. <laughs> it, it actually, I, apparently, that was like if Timothy Dalton had made a third movie, it was going to be called Property of a Lady. Yeah, I, I just it learned is that. crazy when you read Moonraker and compare it to the novel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially reading it first, I'm like, wow, this book rules. Then you watch Moonraker, and you're just like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, so so auction, basically like the clues were trying, I was trying to nudge you toward auction houses, which there are two big ones, Sotheby's and Christie's. So if you, I mean, I think, I think it's the, if the one featured in the movie is the one that like commissioned the story originally. So if you remembered that part, it would have told you. Otherwise, it's kind of a coin flip between Sotheby's and Christie's. But in this case, yeah. it was it was Sotheby's. I appreciate the question because no it, yeah. it's a good Bond trivia question. I just it's used cool, to be yeah. a lot better at these. Right. Used to be, yeah. When you were a younger man, <laughs> literally, literally, I was the Bond okay. seen it guy. Yeah, I love your, uh, I love your Bond threats when you go through the uh, filmography and you post them all on Twitter. All the comparisons you make, check it out. Check out Nathan's Bond threads on his Twitter if you can. At Nathan Flynn, N A T H A N F L Y N N. Anyways, all right. So, all fin- right. Fi- final question of this round before the difficulty goes up, uh, Bradley. <laughs> at Nathan to try and steal it from Danny. Right. I heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend that a certain JoJo's Bizarre Adventure character grew up a hoodlum in Ogre Street, but upon meeting Jonathan Joestar, remembered what he started fighting for and became a valued ally of the Joestar family. What is that character's name? I meant every word I said of this question. What the fuck? So he heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend. So it's hearsay. The only other jojo character i know for sure is named dio but i'm pretty sure that's not the answer that was my first question for you bradley are you familiar with whatever the fuck this yeah. is <laughs> um, a certain jojo's bizarre adventure character grew up a hoodlum some sort of a gangster on ogre street ogre's oni uh like an akuma oni let's see meeting jonathan joestar remembered what he started fighting for and became a valued ally. So Dio's not an ally. Dio is the antagonist, is my understanding. But it also could be hearsay. Yeah, hearsay. Like, it sounds like just the way this question is written out and how bizarre JoJo's adventuring is, that hearsay could literally be a character's name. Let me finish this here. A valued ally of Joestar family. What is that character's name? I meant every word I said of this question. DM Chrysler. Do you want to just take a shot in the dark and say it's hearsay? I I would rather guess somebody actually from the show. If he... Maybe his name was Honesty. Like this just seems like it's giving us the answer, even though we okay, don't know Okay, okay. Well, you know what? Hearsay is not bad. Uh, for, for how weird the show gets. Okay. Oh, Joe, hearsay. And they like <laughs> I, fist bump. I've never you know? even heard of the show. Oh, it's nuts. It's like, a, it's like an epic of like 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years of characters. Jesus Christ. Each season, you know, it's epic. How do you guys um, find this time? Well, well that's not, he says every well, we'll James Bond movie in a week. That, that's also where I'm. I'm. It might be Dio. Does Dio eventually? What's great about the Bond else? movies though is that you can just not yeah. I think, we, just, I like, think we should go with the word hearsay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah hearsay. 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 Locked in. 
Okay, that is that is the right kind of lateral thinking. This question required, but you didn't you didn't quite hit on the right Damn. key for it. So I'll pass to Danny. Okay, I felt like I I know the answer, but then that you guys are like giving me like this hearsay things. Like wait, 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 hold on a second. Because it, otherwise, this is the most direct question I've ever had on this show. Um, <laughs> he only has one hoodlum friend that becomes a valued member, even though he mostly just does exposition. So I'm going to go with Robert E.O. Speedwagon. Yeah. So one thing that show is famous for, I think a lot of the characters are named after sort of American or Western musical groups. So the clues I embedded in it, I heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend, our lyrics from Take It on the Run. I meant every word I said is from Keep on Loving You. I've forgotten what I've started fighting for is from Can't Fight This Feeling. Those are all songs by REO Speedwagon. That is really clever wording, Yoga. Right? Isn't that a beautiful question? a little round of applause and i know i know we got it wrong but i'm glad we didn't go with dio so yeah (laughs) i mean that's also remember speedwagon bradley well i like i just told nate it's like 30 years worth of episodes the name comes up every season speedwagon foundation yeah i was uh i'm in and out dog i've rarely seen this show Okay, so there, I, I there were certain uh, ways how it was worded there. I was just like, God, it sounds like song lyrics, but also I'm not familiar with the show at like, all. So I was it's like, like yeah. carry on my way. I wonder what this is. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I, I, I actually I, I skipped a question, but it's okay. It was uh, Nathan and Dan. So we can just essentially go back to that question and ask it now. Okay. It was uh, Nathan and Danny okay. to, to uh, steal from Bradley. And then that, that okay. will actually finish out the round. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so at WrestleMania 31 in 2015, Stephanie McMahon (laughs) initiated an altercation with The Rock and then taunted him that he wouldn't dare hit her back. The Rock promptly introduced special surprise guest Ronda Rousey, who appropriately humbled McMahon. However, even before her wrestling maneuvers, Rousey won over the crowd simply by wearing a tank top featuring the Dragon Ball Z character Vegeta. Is that how it's pronounced? Uh, Vegeta. Vegeta. Vegeta, okay. Yeah. Okay. What number also appeared on her tank top? Okay. I'm assuming that it is to some extent uh, uh, iconic to Dragon Ball her. Z. I, I'm just glad you're you're my <laughs> phone a friend. Okay, I'm gonna say is it just one number or is it more than one number? One number. Okay. And not, not necessarily one digit, but one number. Okay, okay. Okay, okay I'm gonna have to go with nine thousand then. Okay, yeah, let's lock it in. Let's lock it in. I, All right, I, yeah, it, it's a, a reference to the famous meme. It's over 9,000. It is 9,000, yes. Woo! Awesome, yeah. You're cool. I got so scared. I can't believe <laughs> I pulled out William Castle. That is there. amazing. All Woo! right, yeah, so I mean, at, at the end of that round, Nathan... robbed twice. Those were such <laughs> random categories. <laughs> twice. <laughs> Have, I was uh, like, that's not what I meant. Yeah, in spite of all that, these are pretty, pretty good scores compared to what, you know, pretty comparable with what's normally on this podcast. 5.2 for Nathan, 5.0 for Danny, 1.1 for Bradley. Still plenty of time, though, because the point values will keep going up. So they'll now are four points for a steal, three for a specialist, two for a bonus as we go into the only somewhat hard round. And we will begin with, if everyone's ready to continue, we'll begin yes. with. Do you mind if I just take a quick pee break? Sure, that's fine. Cool. I'll destroy that toad again. Oh god, this is this is these are the easy questions. That, that's funny that two UFC questions stolen. I don't <laughs> I don't believe I don't 
I don't doubt for a second that either of you two have ever seen a UFC fight. And you got both I my have, questions. I have never seen a single UFC Yeah, match. I was like, I was thinking, oh, please let him say 18 or 7 because 7 Dragon Balls <laughs> and 18 the character. And you're like, 9,000, meme, bam. Like, Dang it. Did you lose out when I corrected him and Vegeta? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh. Well, when I heard you had a Joe Star question, I'm like, gosh darn it. I thought you would get that for sure, Bradley. You talk about it like you know about it. Well, it's huge. It's a huge library of episodes. I've seen like a couple. I've seen enough to know how to meme it. Like I really love the <laughs> meme where they beat the crap out of that guy. And I love shouting Dio at people. <laughs> Dio! You know? like And I'm good to continue. I did oh, forget that going. you watch shows through memes. Yeah, a lot. I do. Uh, I've so far really enjoyed these questions. I understand that a lot of them are very I, hard, but it, I'm surprised with two months of me saying, oh, I got you guys. I got a question you guys will never figure out. Well, well, I'm I'm like considered the condom one, the most one was an A plus bit, I will say. Yeah, no, just, just being one of the most rambling, intelligent people in the group. Last place. My pride <laughs> is hurt. <laughs> by a wide margin too not just oh i'm just struggling a little bit i'm like at the bottom of the right. barrel here oh yeah i'm sending this episode to your father <laughs> you know what son i'm canceling the trip in august i don't i don't i don't fly southwest for losers you know i had a little oh, bit of a speed wagon Bradley. how did you not get that because me and yoga have talked back and forth for like two years now and i know how his brain works where he draws connections that i will never see and as you're back, you know that to be true. You'll be like, it's funny that you guys didn't touch on this and impotable. And I'll just be like, there's no way in hell I would have ever thought of that. Brilliant, but but geez. You should just All do right. like a six degree of Kevin Bacon show. That'd be cool. All right. So the yeah, I mean, yeah, four points seems like a big gap, but I mean it's just basically one question at this point. So nah, we're yeah. crushing you, Brad. <laughs> I got this. I'm climbing. There's definitely been bigger comebacks, much bigger comebacks I've seen. I'll make my non-existent father proud, unlike you, Brad. Get ready for the Jack and Jill round. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Yeah, so see how many how many times you can say Dunkachino. Dunkachino. <laughs> that that joke with him and the one Oscar killed me. That that's where I was like, okay, that's worth a star and a half. <laughs> okay, Bradley and Danny to try and steal from Nathan. Here we go. All right. As Shoshana applies war paint, preparing to take out her Nazi nemeses in Inglorious Bastards, Quentin Tarantino masterfully underscores a moment with the David Bowie track that has become inextricably linked to that film, but was originally written and performed for what 1982 horror movie? Bowie and Nile Rodgers later re-recorded the song with Stevie Ray Vaughan on lead guitar for Bowie's album Let's Dance, but Tarantino unearthed the original Giorgio Moroder-produced version and restored it to popularity. Awesome. Dog it. Okay, I just remember you are a woman. That's, that's all I remember. So sure. It's not that one. No, no. Oh, then different, I, no. different movie. I, I I feel like that's not completely. Okay, well let's let's answer. think. Like David David Boy, 1982, and he'd be okay with his song in a horror movie. Did he not have the rights to it or something? Uh, okay, are we guessing the horror <laughs> movie or the song? I mean, honestly, it's the same title for both. Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, a horror movie in the 80s okay that's the 80s was the rise of the slasher movie Giorgio Moroder produced version 
So that means it's been a remake. That doesn't sum down anything. Everything's been a remake. Is there a movie? Is there a song called Suspiria? No. Yes, from the from the soundtrack to the movie Suspiria. (laughs) And I think that was way. I think that was earlier than the eighties. Okay. Um, I don't know much about the eighties. Let's see. Well, you block out the eighties. That doesn't help. A David See, Bowie song. Film has been hamming up the 80s for the last 20 years. How do we know this? Why why would anybody watch Inglorious Bastards more than once? <laughs> no, no, no. We don't have Typer Bradley rant. No. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, okay. A 1982 horror movie, Bowie and Nile Rogers. Who's Nile Rogers, first off? I'm not a music person. Now Rogers was in Chic. He recently, or well, I guess not that recently now, but he was kind of the driving force behind Get Lucky, the Daft Punk track. Okay, so she's coming to kill Nazis. Um, she's going off to kill Nazis. David Bowie is he's dead. Okay. okay. That helps um, in no way. Um, uh, I have like you know 20 what? small hints I would give you guys, but I'll, I'm not going to because so he's, he's got this. He's You're got still this mad about diet. that condom question. No, no, no. Let's I'll dance. just I'll say them before I lead into the answer if you guys don't get it right. That's that's really cool that Tarantino unearthed this original as well. Such a it's very Tarantino with him. Yeah, such a Tarantino thing to do. Let's see. What is I, he I didn't know he unearthed the original. Marauder. I was just like, okay, yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, so so t- Tarantino hates Bruce Lee. That doesn't help. Certainly doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Eli Roth was like incredibly overrated in this film. Okay, that doesn't help. Something. That doesn't help. Fossbender puts his fingers up wrong, and that's why he gets killed. That doesn't help. Do you know any Bowie songs? Uh just the recent one and the one he <laughs> the one he sang at MTV. Well, let's let's just go with that. Just say the title of it. I, I'm not a David Bowie fan at all. It's I, a secret I, shame. I Bradley, you know I don't listen to things past like. And I can't. 90s. I can't stand Tarantino's obnoxious ass. Once you said '80s, I was like, oh no. <laughs> 80s no. horror. That's like stabby, gross, bloody horror, right? Or or mindfuckery. Yeah. Oh oh oh! What's what's that? What's that? What's that one with uh, James Woods where he's like, ah, raw. That's Video Drum. Do you think that would be the title of a Bowie song? Let's go with that. Video killed the radio. Star. I don't know. Video Drum killed the radio. Star. <laughs> Video Drum killed the radio. Star. That might be before the eighties too. I, I I was a little kid in the eighties. Hmm. Yeah. The the only. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I I'm a, I'm gonna say Video Drum. Okay. I could see David Bowie recording a song called Video Drum. Yeah. Not, not yeah. a bad guess at all. All right, Nathan. Sure, what is, sure. what, what is okay. it? So what is it, Nathan? I'm just gonna say the area that you guys shouldn't have gotten too lost in 1980s because nobody is like, yeah, one of the pivotal, not even of like 1982 horror movies, is from the remake of the Val Luton film Cat People, also titled Cat People, directed by Paul Schrader. Um, putting out the fire with gasoline really really great track and i've still never seen the paul schrader cat people thing but i heard a bit of trivia about that movie today i can't remember who the lead's name is 
if you know it, yoga, she can say it. But basically, the lead, the lead uh, had sex with the director, Paul Schrader. Natasha Kinski. Natasha Kinski. She had sex with the director, and Paul Schrader ended up like really falling in love with her and wanted to marry her all that and she'd been dodging her for or she'd been dodging him for a while and he finally like cornered her and she was like listen Paul I have sex with all of the directors of all of my films and with you it was a struggle (laughs) I've heard that anecdote before yeah (laughs) I I just heard it for the first time today so it's pretty funny to (laughs) wow anywho all right. Yeah, just just for my you, you remember Nathan, do you remember what movie's theme he appropriated for the opening credits of Jackie Brown? Oh, oh, it's uh, Across 110th Street. Yeah, yeah. That was originally but, from a movie called 100 Across 110th Street. Across uh, 110th Street. And then the uh the original track from the movie is not nearly as good as the Jackie Brown one because it's got this really weird like this dude is just constantly, he's just hitting the, the drums way too hard. It's just across 110th Street. Yeah, but that, that opening title sequence, Jackie Brown, I mean, even if Tarantino hadn't directed anything else at all, I would, he would still, should still be remembered for that. Just those like, you know, two, three even minutes. Even though it's an homage to uh, The Graduate. I mean, it starts, yeah, with the, the, the moving sidewalk thing at the beginning, especially. But like, there's a scene, it's, it's the one where Sally Menke's credit actually is on the screen, maybe on, on purpose done that way, but where she's just kind of walking from like screen right to screen left and everyone behind her is walking in the other direction and she just... And that always takes my breath away. Like I've rewatched yeah. it a dozen times. I, I was really glad that your first question was a Jackie Brown related one when it came to Tarantino, because that's a that's a movie that grew on me and has has grown on more people. But you know, that's just great. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, underrated classic for sure. Right? Yeah. Okay, Nathan and Danny to try and steal from Bradley. UFC, UFC. <laughs> right. The late James Kahn, who passed away last week, RIP. Oh is undoubtedly best known for playing Sonny Corleone in The Godfather. But prior to that classic, his highest profile role came in a tear-jerking 1971 ABC movie of the week as a man with, let's just start out with a man with what surname? The real-life bear with this name died of cancer in 1970, long before the debut of a certain Dragon Ball Z character. Okay, so my first thought, Bradley, is Brian's song. But... I'm, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. It might be a, might be a different one because Brian's song was like a dad classic. And I, I, if I'm correct, I believe James. Okay. Yeah, I think that might even be the first place I ever saw him. I feel like this Dragon Ball Z is like a red hair. The Dragon Ball Z thing is throwing me and the real life. Okay, do you mean Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball? Oh, sorry. I forgot that this was a. Bradley. No, I'm asking. I'm asking you the the host. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Dragon um, Ball Z is is the is the is like right. A, so I mean, a, I I believe is a name they gave the anime. Like the manga right. is all Dragon Ball. Yeah, I, I did. That's I, what it took place. I did come across that in my research, and I think this character is in both, but is definitely in Dragon Ball Z. I, I'm not a, a fan, so I I apologize if I'm getting the nuances wrong, but. <sighs> I'm fairly you have certain- to apologize for not being a fan of Dragon <laughs> Ball Z. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Is there uh, a surname named Piccolo, Nathan? Is that is that really anything for you? It's tough because my brain my, my brain 100% 
is going uh, Brian's song, but I'm not sure that that is a Dragon Ball Z character or fair. Because that, as far as like 19, I think Brian's song is 1972, to be honest with you, but that would be the same year as The Godfather. So it might be earlier. Okay. I'm just going to name, okay. Is this the same name as a Dragon Ball Z character? I mean, that's not an unreasonable inference to make. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because... so I'm going to start naming names, and I'm going to see if any of these stick to you, okay? Yeah, that works. Okay. Tien, Yamcha, Tatsu, uh, Goku, yeah, just... Gohan, Vegeta, Frieza, um, Popo. Oh, that's a racist-ass character. Uh, Bulma. <laughs> Um, uh, Vegeta. Vegeta sounds like the name of a James Khan last name. Uh, Chichi, King Kai, um, uh, uh, um, Red Ribbon, uh, racist black character in the Red Ribbon Gang. Um, <laughs> Where do we want to go with this? Like this, like, gonna... like this, like this goes for both sides of us. Like this t- uh, movie. Yeah, movie, I know movie. it really is. It <laughs> really is connecting the left side and the right side of our hive mind right now. If we if we don't get this, we just got to quit the game. No, we don't. The um, real life bear with this name died of cancer. In, I'm trying okay. to think of a bear I, died I of cancer that story. But... Why do we give a shit about a bear die of cancer? Okay, I'm... notice that it's a bear with a capital B. Just point. Just saying. Just saying. Oh, fucking Bobo. Lock it in. Lock the gates. It was a Popo that he said. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, okay. Well, sh- both, both of those, Bobo and Popo. Popo and Bobo. Are, are, are wrong. <laughs> was it right, Ryan's song? Let's at take least? a look at this. Let's take a look at this. Sonny Corleone okay. in The Godfather. Oh, Bradley's James Caan. I have no idea what this is, guys. Prior to the classic, his highest profile role think, came I in the Tearjerker Nights. ABC maybe. Movie of the Week. Come on, what is that? People watch movies of the week. A man with what <laughs> surname? It was 1971. Yeah, I wasn't born yet. Hmm. Well, the only like American-sounding name that I can think of from Dragon Ball Z characters, there was this king named Ox. And he would always brag about himself being as strong as an ox. Maybe a bear was named Ox as well. I'm going to go with Ox. Okay. So ever since the first episodes, I've been pointing out this phenomenon where people blurt out the correct answer right as they begin their deliberation and then just don't oh, come back cool, to it. Cool. Uh, and so, I mean, Nathan, Nathan was exactly right in terms it is. So bear meaning you're, Chicago, you're Chicago, him, dude. Yeah. Bear in this case means Chicago bear, Brian of Brian's song was in real life played for the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Brian's song is actually is, is uh, definitely the real the life reference. bear with a B. Damn. A Chicago football. I was about player. to like be like, okay, so it's oh bear. Yeah, I should have I should have just walked player. in Brian. So his name was Brian. Oh. Yeah, Brian play, uh, <laughs> Brian was his name Brian in Dragon Ball Z. That's no, no, no. No, Brian was okay. his first name. The question is asking what was his surname, surname. In, re- in real life, and I assume in the movie as well. And it's exactly what Danny said, the very first name he said, Piccolo. Oh, cool. Man. That's awesome. Had you talked to my dad, he, he was like, this is the Shawshank Redemption. Like, Brian, Brian's song was a TV movie? Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, I remembered watching it so many times. I could not have told you his last name, though, for the life of me. No, same. No idea. Yeah. Anywho, 
that right. is a good question. Yeah, I R. thought R. maybe James Con. Yeah, I thought maybe with the obituary, you know, so many obituaries in the past week, that also might have kind of lifted up in the consciousness. But yeah, I just could not have told you his surname. Oh, there was part of me that was like, Brian certainly isn't the name of a Dragon Ball C character. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Brian. And you just added that last part to fuck us up. Goku versus <laughs> Brian. <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's more common than you think. But yeah, lame. I'm glad I didn't get that one stolen from me, even though I failed miserably. <laughs> Especially when you're on the right track. All right. Bradley and Nathan now to try and steal from Danny. Steven Universe creator Rebecca Sugar designed the sleeve cover for True Romance, a 2015 album by what mononymous musical artist who voices the Steven Universe character Garnet? Uh, that was, I believe, let's see, Garnet Estelle. I think her name is Estelle. That's all I got. You're thinking of Adele, Bradley. Jesus Christ. Estelle with an E. Estelle Dazim. Let's see. Garnet. Let's see. Let's see. There's Amethyst and Pearl are also with Garnet. I I don't know who voices Garnet, but that the album True Romance is bringing a bell. Okay. Well, who wrote who wrote that album? That's what that's where I'm fucking lost. I think her I think her name is Estelle or something. It's one name. She doesn't have a last name. Okay. You're you're confusing Adele, Bradley. Jesus Christ. Stop doing that. Okay. (laughs) Do you want to lock in Estelle? Because I, I'd be up for that. I, I do. That's all. I'm all right. Sure let's lock, lock, yeah. lock the gates, Estelle. All right. Yeah. Is that right, Danny? Is it Estelle? Yeah, it's Estelle. All right. All right. Cool. All right. Good I job. Got one. Yeah. Thank you. Fucking Brian song. Why are you trying to like make me question myself? <laughs> all right. She's got a beautiful um, voice. I'm also a fan of her music. So I'm glad I got Danny. that right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Bradley and Danny now to try and steal from Nathan. Oh Christ. <laughs> Next up Again. is Val Luton film. Did we just US patent number 3,814,021 was granted to Raymond McHenry for the design of a certain stunt, a stunt conceived by Jay Milligan, worked out in advance by computers at the Calspan Corporation, formerly Cornell Aeronautical Laboratory, and performed by stuntman Lauren Bumps Willert in the 1974 James Bond movie, The Man with the Golden Gun. What happens in that stunt? And since it looks like you guys aren't Bond fans, I'll throw in one more clue. It's a car stunt. Okay. So just going to quote a Netflix show that should help us. It's called Inside Jobs. James Bond is beloved by dads and people who don't have dads. (laughs) Did the car (laughs) flip with that? Like the car flipped? Car flipped over? Is that too simple thinking? Is it the car chase? What happens in the stunt? The car. I I don't want to say anything because I could. The car. The car drives through a bunch of cardboard boxes in a fruit bazaar. Does it destroy a cabbage cart? (laughs) Usually (laughs) a fruit cart in there. I I get the cabbage reference. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. so do I. Yeah, that is the biggest bummer that M Night last airbender having just rewatched it is that we didn't at least get a cabbage. (laughs) No, that character got spared. It's fine. Oh, it would have been it would have been a cauliflower cart. I just feel like that would be like ahead of its time that the car would actually flip over and land on its ceiling. Don't they do Blues Brothers? No, they got away in Blues Brothers, didn't they? 
Yeah, but like a, a car, like a police car, like lands lands on its hood and like slides across a mall. Well, when does the when does the Blues Brother when did the Blues Brothers come out? Oh, that might have been the eighties. Well, this is either a donut, like an incredible air breaking donuts, or the car flips. Is my guess. What do you want to go with? Uh, oh, oh uh, wait, doesn't the car like explode and then fly off the highway or the, the through a when's guardrail the first into time the ocean? A car. That's the, the first next time? Tom Cruise stuff. Anyways. And remember, like that was the joke Misery was making. Like he didn't get out of the cockadoody car. That was a. <laughs> I enjoy that you're referencing it, even James, though it's not a Bond yeah, reference. James Con reference. I'm all yeah, over yeah. the place now. R.I.P. James Con. Yeah. R.I.P. James Con. Underrated. James Bond. Oh, oh, submarine car. There we go. It turns into uh, a submarine. Well That's done. my answer. Or Doggett, do you, do you agree with this shot in the dark? The car goes into the water and turns into a submarine. No, I'm, I keep agreeing with your ridiculous answers. No, no. So, well, then you got to come up with a you got to come up with another ridiculous. Okay, answer okay. When, when when did a car first go against traffic? In James Bond, he drives all the time. What is James Bond? A car mean? being submerged in water and turning into a submarine sounds like a really good shot in the dark, unless you can come up with something more outrageous. Um. Okay, I don't think it's a car flip. I'm thinking going against like the opposite side of traffic, but that might have been introduced in the 40s for all I know. It's um, not really a stunt. They just edit it together as if he's going against traffic, don't you think? Movie magic. Yeah, it's movie magic. That wouldn't be a stunt per okay. se. Well, I suppose it still would be, but yeah. Okay, when's the first time a car drove through uh, like two guys moving a plate glass a window? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm like, I'm just saying these answers till like I see something in Nathan's eyes twitch. What do you have against a submarine car? I feel like that's not it. And I feel like it's okay. not a stunt as a special effect. <laughs> yeah. True. Okay. That's okay. True. Nathan's doing a weird face. That's not it then. Okay. Um, did, okay. Is there a point where like a car like goes down a cliff or something? Like off the guardrail, down a cliff, explodes maybe as it's falling? Uh, ooh. Okay. What is the first instance of a car driving? Well, it doesn't up necessarily have to be the first instance. No, I'm doing it first instance. Okay, what's the first instance of a car driving up a bridge that's opening? Well, it's okay. It says here he's he worked on computers, so computer and computers run bridges and submarines. So. And it says Lauren bumps Willard, so he must. It must be like. Do you think it was just like a really badass aerial jump, maybe? It sounds better than submarine. It sounds better than submarine car. Maybe I don't know. I, okay, maybe. Well, 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 let's look at this. They both sound what happens in that stunt? Sound what happens in that stunt? Maybe he flies off the. I'm thinking Fast and Furious. He flies off the highway. The car goes down. That famous James Bond stunt where the where a piece of plywood helps a car swing like Tarzan. Yeah, he he abandons the car and parachutes away. Uh, he rolls out of the car. <laughs> is that is that something that is that something that actually sounds like would be an answer? Oh, he he rolls out of the car. Okay, let's just let's just be realistic. What can they do in 1974? Everything that we've said. It was more practical back then. And human life was worthless back then. So, well, oh, I'm gonna be so. <laughs> I'm getting sad. How many things are getting wrong?
Okay, fine. You know what, Brad? What's your original thing? Fine, I'll go back to you. I'll go back to your thing. S- submarine car? Fine, fuck it. We'll go with submarine. Oh, okay, submarine car. Yeah. That is definitely one of my favorite car things in the James Bond series, but it took well, place in it, it took place in uh, The Spy Who Loved Me, the very next God damn it, Bradley. Solidarity. Give me just a second. I'm just going to wait for uh, a microwave to stop making noise, and then I will give the answer. Okay. Submarine. I'm- God damn it, Bradley. Is this just not is this no, not one I, of your favorite bonds? The man uh, with the golden it's, gun? it's not one of my favorite bonds by any stretch. Even though it, it's got a pretty iconic villain with a third nipple. <laughs> I thought that was just a mall rats joke. So the man with the golden gun, Bradley, you could have very easily said flip and probably had gotten pretty much mostly away with it. There's a 360 aerial stunt that they do that they put an obnoxious slide whistle over that irritates me to no end because so many people will be like well come on not everything's bad in the man with the golden gun i mean it's it's got that stunt and i'm like yeah but they put the slide whistle over it so you're rolling your eyes while you're looking at this impressive stunt so yeah it is a stunt where they 360 a car and jump from like between a, a broken bridge or some kind of motherfucker there was a bridge yeah, I mean, it, it was supposed to take off from a ramp, but they kind of disguised the ramp as a broken bridge. Yeah, as like the remnants yeah. of a bridge. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, flip was a little too vague. If you had said like aerial something, something kind of aerial jump or something like that, I was maybe inclined to give it to you. But I mean, basically, it's kind of a barrel roll, right? It takes off. It does in midair, you know, on the horizontal axis, goes 360 degrees and then lands again. If you That's watch amazing. behind the scenes, it's yeah, gorgeous. I'll watch that stunt. That sounds cool. But if you watch it in the actual movie, he's next to a racist cop who's like, what the hell are you doing? Jimmy? This racist character was next to a racist cop? Two different uh, flavor flavors of racism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of the more waspy Brit racist. And the other one is like, all right, I found this bag of reefer in your car. This was like when Smokey and the Bandit was popular. And they're like, you know what our movie really needs is a redneck sheriff. And oh, and he's in he's in Thailand for some reason. And he's in two of these movies. <laughs> right. Like, but the first uh, one at least is set in the American South. So there's a reason for him to be there. Then he comes back, but it's yeah. in Thailand. <laughs> yeah. There's no defending the man with the golden gun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, certainly on YouTube, people have put up that scene and just muted the slide whistle, which is, you know, maybe the best you can do with it. Yeah. All right. Okay. So yeah, Nathan gets the points on that. And now Nathan and Danny to try and steal from Bradley. This Excellent. may seem yeah, this may seem like a complex question. And it is a complex question. <laughs> but uh, maybe not try not to, to get lost in the weeds of all the details. All right. Homer Simpson's mother, Mona Simpson, is named for Mona Simpson, the novelist wife of Simpson's writer, Richard Appel. The real-life Mona Simpson took the surname she uses, Simpson, from her stepfather, but she was born Mona Jandali, the daughter of Syrian immigrant Abdul Fattah Jandali. Around the age of 25, she was shocked to discover that her parents had had another child, one conceived before their marriage and immediately given up for adoption. So that biological brother of hers, her parents' child who had been given up for adoption before she was born, by this point was famous and wealthy in his own right. In fact, he had previously eaten in a Northern California restaurant owned by Abdul Fattah Jandali and even shaken hands with him. But at the time, he had no idea the man he was shaking hands with was his own birth father. Who was he, basically? Who, who was this biological brother of Mona Simpson who was given up for adoption and didn't learn his own parentage until he was an adult? Okay. 
So looking through Wife of Simpsons writer Richard Hell. All right. Uh, okay, Doggett, do you have any guesses off this, the top of your head? This is tangentially tangentially related to the Simpsons. Uh. <laughs> they usually are. You gotta get used to this. Yeah, I mean, um, it's something I think might stick in the mind of a Simpson fan a little more because of the connection. But yes, I, I'm I looking at Bradley. He doesn't know what this answer is either. I, I plead I'm, guilty to making it tangential. Yes. That's cool. That's a cool question. Just trying to think. So, so obviously there aren't any real hints of name because it was given up for adoption. And I just keep thinking about the story with Jack Nicholson and his aunt. But that's obvious. Okay, and he's wealthy. He's wealthy and famous. He's wealthy and famous. Famous in his own right. Restaurant um, eaten in a North California restaurant by Jindali. I'm trying to think. Okay, so we're. What is Jindali? So, assuming, assuming that it was given up for adoption, name he probably ate at a restaurant. Jeff Boyardee. I love it. <laughs> okay. 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 Wealthy and famous in his own right. Okay. Am I allowed to ask if he was also a famous actor, actor, or just famous in general? I can just reiterate what's in the question, which is yeah. he was, he was yeah, famous, yeah. famous. Yeah. Yeah. No. No follow-up hints. I'm trying to think. I mean, <sighs> thing is, I I'm trying to make just an educated guess, but it's just going to be an uneducated guess. Which isn't a shocker with how these have gone, but I'm trying to think of. Uh, okay, so assuming, assuming this is around the 90s to late 80s, this is when this would be found out. Famous and wealthy, we need to think about. So some amount of means, but through adoption. You got any like. Okay, who, okay, okay, you know what? Here's it is. Here's it is. How many wealthy people are adopted? Quite a few. No, was, okay, okay, but this is okay. Who's famous for being adopted and who's fucked up? Think who's a messed up person. Who's, who's fucked up? A, a, messed, a messed up. Let's be honest. Adopted, they're they're a little fucked up. Okay, um, adopted, fucked up, wealthy, famous, so famous that being the brother of a Simpsons character doesn't mean shit. Because we, we would know, but wife of a writer. <laughs> All right. Um, she's born Mona Jandali. Okay. 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 And, I, and, and it's, it is not. It is not like it is think. a trivia question, but it's not enough for us to know. Okay. So this, this is, person has to be famous by their own right, like really famous. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm. But wealthy. Um, okay. This is a. Uh, so wealthy. What does wealthy mean? Wealthy means like not more than a thousand. It means having means, dog. No, but wealthy means more than a million, right? This isn't an Adam West riddle. I am trying here. Bradley <laughs> made me lose submarine. I could have got that. Um, no, you 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 were all over the place with that one. Okay, so let's okay. think. Biological. Okay, brother. and if they're adopted, that means they never knew how to be a father themselves. This is. <laughs> This is extreme. Anyways, I'm just going to go with Jeff Goldblum. You want to lock that in? He's not adopted. I'm not sure that he is or isn't. He's not. 
How do you know this? Because I'm pretty sure he's talked about his father a lot in their interviews. Okay. You Jeff Goldblum interview <laughs> Savant. Let me think. No, we're not guessing anymore. No more guesses. We what can do you mean? There's nothing but a guess that we can give at this point. Okay. Wealthy father issues probably isn't a good, wouldn't be a good parent because they're adopted anyways. Um, Jesus. Anybody who's adopted listening to this podcast, I apologize on behalf of Doggett, who is speaking very well okay. out of is, is is this is mona lisa what is she uh, the, is she white is she uh, uh, mona simpson mona, mona simpson. simpson what is she the real life person is a syrian immigrant okay she's or, syrian or born immigrant. born okay. from a syrian immigrant okay so the person's not white okay well maybe okay her brother's not white then so a a, a wealthy adopted person who's not white would be a who, who, who wouldn't be a good parent. Who would be popular around, who would be famous and wealthy around the 90s, early okay. 90s. Okay, Nike was pretty big back then. You're killing me, dog. Like, we just need to lock in a guess at this point. You know what? You know what I tried. I tried to get the answer. You want to lock in a guess? Throw out your guess then. Jeff Goldblum, blocked. You piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll have to record a public service announcement for some adoption foundation to make up for this. Yeah. <laughs> Sincerely, Doggett. That's why I was trying to end this. I'm like, okay, how I many apologize. More, how many more protective groups person, do we have you know to uh you know what? I apologize that this wealthy person was a good father. I will apologize. Okay, I, I'll return to some of the things he said actually, but I'll let Bradley guess first. Oh, I, no idea. It's funny, uh, Homer's adopted brother was the same way. You know, oh, his name was his name was just Herbert, and that's all I know about him. The H stands for Herbert. Let's see it. Herbert now. Hoover. No, I don't think so. Was this a Kardashian? What was that Kardashian lawyer's name? Robert. Can I just go with Kardashian? Does that work? Sure. It's a Kardashian. What? Uh, all right. So, I mean, what Danny was saying was really that far. I mean, he was narrowing in. Yeah, wealthy person probably became wealthy, you know, because, yeah, didn't really come. I mean, it's well, it's not flat out said that they were kind of a self-made wealthy person, but in reading between the lines, maybe you can kind of make that inference. And yeah, became, I guess, wealthy in the 90s. Yeah, famously adopted and was discovered to be of Syrian heritage, although he didn't know that growing up. And I guess the clue there now that none of you picked up on. So I think the the restaurant actually was in Sacramento. Which I, I changed to Northern California. I had kind mm-hmm. of hoped it would be somewhere closer to San Jose because I was really trying to hint toward like, where are wealthy people in Northern California, especially people who became wealthy in the 90s, you know, kind of self-made, right? Silicon Valley. Bill Gates? Not Bill Gates, but someone very much associated with Bill Gates. Oh, and no. Someone who um, is uh, what actually was, although I will not trace this to the fact he was adopted, but yes, was a fairly neglectful father, even though he named one of his. Steve Jobs Jobs was adopted. I had it. (laughs) I was. Damn you, Nathan. Is it Steve Jobs? It is Steve Jobs. Yeah. Yeah. The horrible father was actually a a correct rabbit trail then. That's that's amazing. That movie movie goes from like A to Z by the end of it. Son of a. (laughs) No, I never never would have got that in a million years. It really hammers in the fact that he's a piece of shit. And then it like gets to the end and it's like, yeah, but he's a brilliant figure. Yeah. But (laughs) it's a Sorkin movie. So he should be. We're missing about 30 minutes in between. I do like that. see it, but I'm going ape shit. I'm throwing shit right now. I, I would have not a, I, I had no idea that he would you and bread like oh no no you can't say he's gonna be a bad father. Descent, but that's uh 
That's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, he he was a commencement speaker at my graduation. In fact, cool. But but yeah, I mean, his he, one of the products you know that made Macintosh was called the Lisa after his daughter, who he did neglect, but tried to make up for it by naming a product after her. Oh, cool. That movie certainly has. I gotta say, you should, put, you should put this on TikTok. I'll get a lot of views. My 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 random rants during this during this question. Yeah, I just want to say again for the uh, listeners at home, we don't condone any of Doggett's comments. <laughs> I but I was right. Distancing myself. But I was um, right. Right now, as of this moment. I mean, yeah. If there had been video of you throwing things around, that might have made a good sort of TikTok excerpt. Yeah, totally for sure. <laughs> we just have this video of a of a puppet looking off at the skyline i don't want to get any shit for this i was right i wasn't right for the right reasons but i was right <laughs> okay that's fair that's, fair. Fair. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy trivia though to be yeah, honest that, like, that's that's wild that yeah. story all right bradley and nathan now to try and steal from danny Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Dragon Ball, and numerous other popular shonen and seinen manga series have been published in a line of manga magazines put out by the publisher Shueisha, S-H-U-E-I-S-H-A. All of these magazines include what brief English word in their title? Let's see. Oh, that was, I think, started publication around the time Mario was taking off in the arcades, and he was known as the Jump Man. Yeah, I was thinking jump as well. Yeah. yeah, I'm just making up nonsense why I'm coming to jump. Yeah, let's go with jump. Yeah, let's walk and jump. Yeah, I think maybe Weekly Shonen Jump is the most famous of those, but there's a whole line of jump manga. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's cool. Awesome, awesome. We did it. We did it, Nathan. We did it. Yay. Yay, the guy getting all the points just got some more points. Cool. I had to do an Ancestry.com and you got jump. <laughs> <laughs> Shonen I Jump. Still and cannot, I'm, a, I'm actually a cannot get over so. how hard you guys were overthinking the Bond stunt, though. <laughs> like, I was just sitting there, a, just a like, 360 aerial stunt, and it lands on the other side. You can't guess that. Yeah, you can, dude. Uh, dude, there are only so I was a year off. I was a year off the from the submarine, right? It was a year off for the submarine car. Yeah. It was about three years off, but yeah, yeah, All one right. one movie right. off, but yeah, uh, yeah. It was it was really <laughs> funny because like. The response to Spy Love Me making a lot of money was sort of eclipsed by Star Wars. So when they make Moonraker, they're like, all right, so picture if Spy Who Loved Me was in space. And that's just basically the same movie. And they hire the same guy. It's just whatever. All right. Let, let's steal from Nathan. Yeah. Okay. And Spy yeah. Who Loved Me was basically, what if you only live twice was underwater? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but Spy Who Loved Me, uh, I think a markedly better film than You Only Live Twice. No, same. That's one of my favorites. That one actually holds up in a weird way. Which one, you only mm-hmm. live twice, or is fine? <laughs> Not you only live twice. Spy okay. Love Me for sure. I mean, Wait, I, I think I, from Russia with Love is actually one of my favorites. Not the Spy Who Loved Me for sure. Anyways, Connery's from Russia with Love, right? Yeah, that's Connery one. Yeah, I just yeah. think Spy Who Loved Me is kind of timeless pop entertainment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I, I got to see, I, I'll mention this next question, but I took a semester long course on the James Bond films and, you know, I got to see them like all screened in original film on the big screen. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And I mean, you only live twice. I know all the parts of it that don't hold up, but the cinematography, yeah. the cinematography really does. And those Ken mm-hmm. Adams sets are beautiful. Yeah. Freddie Young, David Lean cinematographer, you know, shot that. And yeah, there's a helicopter shot that gets chopped up so much on TV. When you see it on the big screen, though, it is amazing. Yeah, no, there's there's good stuff in it. It's just I 
I personally, I mean, the opening stunt to the spy love me, it, it just moves at a good clip. Plus the the Kubrick cinematography or the Kubrick lighting is uh, always an interesting tidbit. All right, Bradley. I and hope Danny. I didn't ruin a trivia question. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. Let's let's steal let's steal from Nate. Okay, All right. Uh, Bradley and Danny steal from Nathan. Argu- <coughs> arguably, the first major death in the Gilliganverse timeline is that of Maximino Arseniega, the friend and perhaps more than friend of Gus Fring, who co-founded Los Pollos Hermanos and was shot in the head by Hector Salamanca on orders from Don Eladio. That character was named for Max Arseniega the real-life actor who portrayed which character in both Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul? Max Arseniega. Is that that too In Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Okay. Is is Max the name of the real person? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Is that The real-life actor portrayed... Did you say Tuco? Is that Tuco? He's in both shows. I'd lock in that answer if you're confident. Yeah, I'll go Tuco. Okay, is that what you're talking about? Tuco, Tuco yes. Salamanca, is it? Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, I believe Tuco was played by Raymond Cruz, who, who, was, who was in major crimes in between his stints on Better Call Saul and oh, cool. uh, or stints on Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Oh, just give us a name, Nathan. Okay, yeah. so there is there is part of me that is doubting myself, but I'm pretty fucking positive on this. Weirdly, probably the first, well, second chronological death in Breaking Bad, if we're just going by the timeline. Well, not chronological, but on-screen death. And certainly the most impactful is Crazy Eight, played by Maximo Arseniega. Am I correct? Is that what you're locking in? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was a little confused because on IMDb, he's listed as Crazy Eight in Breaking Bad and Domingo Molina in Better Call Saul, but those are the same character. I, I like that. Uh, I love the explanation of Ocho Loco. Is, it's just is Crazy those... Eight in Better Call Saul? Does, yes. he, is he recognizable? Does he look yes. like 18? He's, or does he look like a 35-year-old is... man? He actually looks very young. He's one of the few people who like <laughs> more, really more or less like Jesse Plemons when what he's younger, Nathan? right? In the prequels, um, yeah. third episode of Breaking Bad, and then he appears. I want to say episode four, season two of Better Call Saul, where he is wearing his dad's Tampico furniture cool. outfit, cool. and then later on <laughs> is uh, bullied by Nacho Varga only to become the hardened person that is later yeah. killed by Walter White. And I that's a, a horrific, horrific death, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah it reminded it's, Bradley the first time he took a life. The moment killed, that killed by a bike chain. <laughs> to a lesser extent, yeah. Or bike lock, wow. Yeah, and I love how they have that conversation. And that's a that's a, that's a a great performance, too. I'm just irritated I lost his own. For sure. You should... You should look at a picture of him in Better Call Saul. I, I find that he is literally the only actor who looks younger than he was in Breaking Bad. <laughs> Are you sure? What's his name? What's his name? Uh, Jonathan Banks? Wasn't he supposed to be Walt Jr.'s age in Breaking no, Bad? No, no, no. He's supposed oh, okay. to be a little bit older than Jesse Pinkman. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely. That was kind of the, the moment when Walter White began his transition when you realized he was going to go from being this kind of meek person to someone who actually committed violence. Yeah, the plate yeah. scene is what really? sold me on that. I think that moment show. was in the car wash where his, like, where his student was like, ha ha, wash my goddamn car. I mean, that certainly <laughs> was inside of him all along, but you know, it really was unlocked when he has this dude confide with him and he's like, okay, well, this guy, you know, like he he doesn't mean as much harm and then finds out that he's got the piece of plate and then yeah. 
Yeah. Anywho, yeah. Yeah, yeah great. Great performance, great actor. Mm-hmm. Shout out uh, Arsene Yeager. Indeed. Okay, Nathan and Danny to try and steal from Bradley. So Fight Island refers to a series of UFC events that took place during the COVID-19 pandemic behind closed doors in Do Forum on Yas Island, a man-made leisure island created by the government of what small nation in an attempt to lure sports fans and other tourists. Other attractions on Yas Island include Ferrari World, Yas Water World, Yas Lynx, a golf course, and Yas Marina Circuit, the latter of which hosts a Formula One Grand Prix race. So... My personal guess is that it is Dubai because Dubai tends to build islands pretty readily, but I don't but, know. But don't, don't say lock on yet. Don't say lock I'm on. Not, I'm not about to lock it without your approval. I've done that a few okay, times. Okay, I'm trying to think. Thing. Okay, so this is a wrestling question. So WrestleMania does a lot of shows in the East. Okay, what country do they visit the most? Saudi Arabia is one of them, but I don't think this is it. What, what just let's think of a qu- country okay Abu Dhabi is one that's coming to my head but I think that uh okay it's either Saudi Arabia or Abu Dhabi then or you, let's just think which are which... you are you cutting Dubai completely out because they or build Dubai. islands all the time on Dubai okay and Dubai I'm is to... pretty much a glorified tourist attraction okay I'll... no offense to the people of Dubai Let's just, we just got to think of which one of these countries is just like, oh, let's just perforate all this, all this excess. Dubai. Do you want to do Dubai? It's just the first, it's when all this is being said, I just keep going back to Dubai. Okay. I'm trusting you. Okay. I mean. If you get this wrong, you owe me a drink. Yeah, sure. Okay. You also owe every person who's ever been adopted a drink, so. I'll wait afterwards. I was right. <laughs> okay. Do we want to lock in Dubai? Yes. Sure. Okay. All right. I'll pass this to Bradley. No, Dubai is an excellent guess. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, he was just really going off on his, oh, it's Fighter Island. Anything's legal on Fi- Fighter Island. Hashtag MAGA. It's really making me question myself too, but I also watched the Formula One Grand Prix, and that's one of my favorite races. That should be uh, Abu Dhabi. Okay. So do you? I mean, okay. So so this may seem like I'm splitting hairs, but I, I, there's a rationale behind the judgment I'm going to make now. So okay. <laughs> yeah. So so I mean, again, kind of it's kind of, and I think quizzers kind of know the kind of list of of nations. It's kind of like the you know, UN member nations, plus a few more like Palestine and Taiwan, which is absolutely a country. There's just the political reasons it's not in the UN. So Dubai and Abu Dhabi are both emirates rather than like nation states. Right. And so, yeah, so I would, right. So, so I mean, you know, again, knowing you guys aren't real quizzers, I would definitely kind of like reverse prompt and ask for the nation for whoever got the correct emirate. Dubai, mm-hmm. though, is not the correct emirate. So I will rule that incorrect. Abu Dhabi right. is is the correct emirate. So I will ask Bradley to say the nation that it that is in. Oh, no idea. No idea. Um, Africa. <laughs> <laughs> I have no they don't mention that in the Formula One Grand Prix. They just shout Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi, come spend your freaking money here. And Dana White, all he ever talked about was Abu Dhabi. We do whatever we want. I have no idea what the answer to what nation that is because of the Emirate situation. Mm. Pass. 
Do you want me to take a, a guess? Sure, sure, sure. sure. Why, why don't you, why don't you is take it Saudi it? Arabia? No, so, it's right? it's it's right next. No, it's right next to Saudi Arabia. Okay. Um, it's it's it, the. I mean, I kind of gave you kind of when I said Emirate, it's it's the UAE. Okay. Then, then I I do not yeah. Know. And I mean, I think I'm just okay. You know what? I'm going to put this on a sliding scale since Bradley was definitely more correct of of everyone. Okay. I will yeah. give him. I will give him the points. All right. Well, that's very kind of you. What was the it, answer though? The UAE. Oh, United. The, the UAE. Oh. Well, okay, they might say that, you know, that doesn't sound as nice when you market Fight Island. So I could, I could see why. Yeah, the second myself. you said Formula One Grand Prix, I could just feel Bradley's ears perk up. Uh, uh, <laughs> the race in Abu Dhabi, I love that track. But yeah. All right. Okay. So you, uh, for that, that was a tender mercy, sir. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Bradley and Nathan finish out the round before we go on to the super hard round. Here we go, uh, Joe Star. Here we go. All right, Bradley and Nathan try and steal from Danny. The oldest known description of male condoms in medical literature was written in the 16th century <laughs> by what Italian priest and anatomist whose name is nowadays more associated with the female reproductive system? Oh, hey, man. What Italian word sounds like clitoris? Antonio clitoris. Yeah. <laughs> um, Let's see. I'm trying to think. Vulva? This is like the, what's the, the, uh... the Seinfeld thing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, vulva. Argento. Let's see. Fallopian. Argento. Hmm. I'm trying so to think. The uterus. So, uterus. No. Hmm. Italian priest. His name is more associated. So, oh man, I'm trying to think if it would. Well, well it's better. more associated with. It doesn't. Yeah. It's not saying it sounds like. Yeah, I'm trying it's, to think. Hmm. I mean, more associated with also could very much mean like it's yeah, medical literature a was moniker, written. I would assume, or, or it could be a device that women use more than men. Yeah. What's a, what's a famous Italian priest name? I'm sure that they, did you think of one like, hmm, senor, senor, uh, senor, I don't know. <laughs> Signore Volva. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Oh, I'm trying to think. This is why you got to study, gentlemen. This is why you got to study. This name is nowadays more associated with the female protective system. This is nowadays. the most this bit has come to bite me in the ass. Alighieri. Like, that's what I'm thinking. It's something like um, Alighieri. Famous doctor, um, Italian. Dr. Alighieri. Hmm. Not doctor, priest. Well, well dude, he practices medicine. Okay. Splitting, <laughs> splitting hairs. Trying to think of medicine. Medicine is the best gift God gave to the world. We ought to just make a guess, but with uh, with an Italian name that sounds like a vagina. An Italian sounding vagina term is pretty much where we must be at. Vulva is not bad though. Let's see. So you have the uh, clitoris. Clitoris. What's the what's the scientific term for the G spot? Asshole. (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh, the Grigor. Was that wrong? <laughs> the Grigor. Is it, what? Oh, what's the uh, what's the Italian term for the little death, the orgasm? Um, no, pro fellatio, fellatio, fellatio. Fellatio is that? Uh, no, 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 no. That that could go for either. Cutilingus, Doctor Cutilingus. <laughs> no. Okay. Father, I'm seeking your wisdom. Father Cutilingus, Mister Cutilingus, please, Signore. 
Philippian, Philippian tubes. Hmm. Yep, Philippian ovaries. Make an Italian word out of ovaries. Ovario. Ovaria, ovarian cancer. Hmm. No, Philippian no. uh, not bad. Felipe, yeah, Doctor Felipe. Hmm. Are there? Uh, well, let's just do the whole thing. You have, your, you have your womb, your uterus, fallopian tubes, ovaries, vulva, um, clitoris. Womb. That was earlier, man. Um, hmm. Half of this should just go as a, like exclusive on your Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after, after dark. There's definitely gotta be an E next to this one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Just just trim, no teeth. Teas don't bite. <laughs> okay. We <laughs> it's probably I, like Dante, man. That's what the Filipini. silly thing is gonna be. Filipini. Philip no, no, no. Fernandez, maybe? What? We're just trying to guess an Italian name that sounds dirty. We're, we're idiots. There's I'm not few. trying to go dirty. I'm just trying to go with like actual <laughs> anatomical terms yeah. because that's okay, where the you oldest known go. description of male condoms in medical literature was written in the 16th century by that Italian priest, an autonomous whose name is nowadays more associated with the female reproductive system. Menstrual. He's a menstrual because he's a priest. That what, what, word has lived on. Do you for feel centuries. like locking something? What's down? the what's the actual name of the the lining that comes off the uterine wall and is expelled during menstruation? I'm thinking that's the name. Do you know? It's not no, actually blood. It's right. uterine. It's uterine wall that's coming off and expelling. Uterio. Sac. The sacco. Oh, it's like a c word. Um, uterio. Uh, it's not blood. It's no no no. I apologize. Why didn't I pick this? Why didn't I pick, why didn't I pick like women's anatomy for my category? Maybe that would have got some points. Um, Marinara sauce. Cesarea. Sicily? Cesarean? Fallopian sounds like Fallopian Cesarean. Yeah. Filipini. Do you want to go with Filipini? I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah. The bit is dead. Let's. Yeah. I wasn't trying to even do the bit anymore. Filipini. Father. Padre, Padre Dante Filippini. Okay. Lock. All right. Okay, Danny, what do you think? Oh. Uh, well, unlike <laughs> you guys, I uh, studied condoms because, and that I didn't, I didn't do the earlier, the later stuff, but uh, I did go back <laughs> in the past to search this, and the answer is Luigi Flopian. I, I mean, that's that's not technically correct, but I mean, you haven't scored any points yet in this round, so I'm inclined to be generous. It's Gabriele Fallopio, or known by his by his Latin. He, he wrote under a Latin name, Fallopius. But yeah, I'm, I'm just going to accept what Danny said. Wow, that, that's, yeah. Dude, I mean, that's that's around with fallopian tubes was the right path to take. That's yeah. I mean, I'm glad that we were like, yeah, that sounds Italian. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's also, it's like of the famous structures, it's like the only one that's a proper name, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Philopian. yeah. Right. It's clearly named for someone. I thought that might narrow it down. I didn't remember the first name, so I had to guess. No, it was a good one. question. Okay. I'm yeah. impressed how well all these condom questions. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that was a tall order and you filled it, much like a condom. How would you know? Okay, let's just move on to the next round. Yeah. The final, <laughs> final, round final, final round of the game. Scores let's right not now. unpack that. Scores right now, 22.2, Nathan, 12.1, Bradley, 8.0, Danny. The point values go up now to six for a steal, five for a specialist, three for a bonus. 
of the turntables. Turn, uh, yeah, yeah. How the turned tables. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Brad... Five points to you, sir. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just making the office reference. Bradley and Danny to try and steal from Nathan. Okay. Nathan is the third person to pick James Bond as a specialist subject on this podcast. The first was none other than myself in the special episode where I was a contestant. I was confident with this pick because, in addition to growing up with the Bond movies, I've also studied them academically. I took a semester long course taught by Rick Jewell at the USC School of Cinematic Arts focused and entirely on the Bond series. So during that class, Professor Jewell showed illustrative clips from a wide variety of films, but what was the only non-Bond film that he screened in full? He intended it as a contrast, since despite being part of the 60s spy craze, it is in many ways the antithesis of a Bond movie. But intriguingly, it also has some connections to the Bond franchise. It was co-written by Paul Dane, who also co-scripted Goldfinger. Walter Gotell can be glimpsed in a small role as a character from behind the Iron Curtain. And in one of my all-time favorite casting in-jokes, Bernard Lee appears as a lowly shopkeeper who is beaten by the protagonist in a drunken rage. I'll have to post that in parts... Okay. All right. Dog it. Here you go, man. Let's let's do it. Dog it. All right. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I mean the second is... part is where all the clues are, basically. Can yeah. I go back to can I go back class. to condom questions? <laughs> That's where all my studying went. Okay, so it's a non-bond film that he screened in full, question mark. He intended as a contrast since despite being part of the 60s spy craze. It is by many ways the antithesis of a Bond movie. But intriguingly, so he's it also a non-racist, probably not white. Well, there was a film called Casino Royale that wasn't a Bond movie, but spoofing the Bond book, Casino Royale, making fun of it. That would be my guess. Okay. Wait. Okay. I'm thinking about that that film series where it's like a dwarf where it's like who's, who's a spy. But that might not be it. A film series uh, where, who was yeah, a like a, like this like this dwarf guy was like a spy who like had gadgets that would like uh, help him like all the time and he get women all the time too. No idea, man. It's a crazy fl- film, man. <laughs> well, what's it called? I don't remember. I just I know it's like a an Asian film, like maybe Filipino or something. But uh, okay. What's the um, what's that one that? Really mocks James Bond, but people love it. Ackroyd and was it a Belushi that was in it? The Spies Like Us? Yeah, when was that? I feel like that's 90s or 80s. Oh, really? Well, that's way too far ahead then. Okay, in the 60s, a spy movie. Did movies exist in the 60s? Jesus. (laughs) Just every time I see the 60s, I'm like, uh... It was a godless time period. What do we do here? Uh, Antithesis to a James Bond movie. I don't know. Every time I try to go to heavy thought with these questions, I get it wrong. So I was like, at this yeah. point, I've given up. So I was like, okay, what's what's the funniest answer we can give Bradley at this point? Well, do you remember a shopkeeper being beaten by a by the protagonist? See, that makes me right away think, you know, this, this is Mark Wahlberg is involved, but he wouldn't have been born yet. <laughs> <laughs> like 20 comedy points jesus yeah. christ <laughs> can be glimpsed of a small character who's walter grotel 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 is it walter grotel can be glimpsed in a small role no i don't know any of this i'm i'm not a bond guy at all 
from behind the iron curtain so that's a russian sure not a 60s cinema guy is one of my all-time favorite casting and jokes bernard lee appears as lowly shop here who's beaten by a protagonist in their drunken rage well that's, that sounds very james bond ah fuck you nathan he knows the answer I, well, yeah, I have a hunch does. on it, but I'm pretty positive that it's right. But if not, you know, uh, you know, give, give me one of your your best Bradley Bradley guess, Bradley. Uh, that Casino Royale film. I'm pretty sure Casino it was Royale. called Casino, I say Casino Royale, Royale, and it was making fun of the James Bond movies or poking fun at it. But it wasn't a James I'm, Bond movie. I'm pretty sure, even they though came it was named 70s, after. But I'll take it after the Ian Fleming novel Casino Royale. So yeah, and that's why when Daniel Craig was in Casino Royale, everyone's like, yeah, screw you, original film with that title, or this could all be in my head. I, so yeah, Casino Royale is what I'm locking in. Okay, I can see that. I, I think he did show some clips from that version of Casino Royale in the class, and I mean, I've, I've seen it. It's definitely not part of the Bond franchise. Arguably, right. it is a James Bond movie, though, because there's like 20, oh, really? character, 20 characters called James Bond in it. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Dang it. And Woody Allen plays Jimmy Bond. Yes. All right, Nathan. So I'm assuming it's a Harry Palmer film. I'm going to go with uh, The Ipcris Files. Well, that movie is called The Ipcris File. But I mean, it's, well, there's no, I mean, that's, that's not the the thing. I, I mean, that's not the the thing I was looking for anyway. So I won't have to, I won't put okay. hairs on the, okay. on the title. Yeah. I mean, this, again, right around the right time, there were so many things going on, but this is kind of the, kind of the two strains in spy fiction have always been sort of the glamorous escapist strain and the very sort of gritty, realistic, you know, spying is actually a dirty business and there's no honor in it and it's all depressing and so on. And kind of who's the author most associated with that in literature, sort of the anti-Ian Fleming. Oh, shit. Um... Oh man, thing is, when I was a kid, it was just like, oh, what's like this? In like Flint, that <laughs> was like, it was like where I was first going. Um, shit. I mean, it, it wouldn't be. <sighs> would it? Would it be Jason Bourne? Would it be the first Jason Bourne? No. No. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. No, just, Jason Bourne is quite a bit later, but yeah, this is something yeah. that's cool. very. It's a movie. I mean, it's. Even though it came out kind of during the year of the spy, 1965, when the spy craze was at its height, it's in black and white, very much, there's no action sequences, an incredibly depressing ending, and very much about how sort of spying is not about glamour and escapism. It's just, you know, people in power stabbing each other in the back and sacrificing human beings like their pawns. I have no idea, but I want to watch whatever it is. It's based on a novel by Jean Le Carré. It's Ah. the spy who came in from the cold. Okay, I, I wouldn't have gotten that title, but that is, I, I was trying to think of like what the name of the other author would be because I've never gotten in the Lecrae just at all. It's just a blind spot for me. For as big as I am into spy craft, always been a blind spot for me. And I do love, like, I love both of those flavors of spy craft similarly. Mm-hmm. Like, I just watched Bridge of Spies for the first time. Fuck, is that movie good? Yeah, I definitely would recommend The Spy Who Came In From The Cold for a number okay. of Okay, that, that is a funny in-joke, though, with Kurt Lee <laughs> <laughs> the All right, Nathan and Danny to try and steal from Bradley. One of the greatest UFC welterweights of all time and also a champion in the middleweight division, George St. Pierre appeared in the MCU as which character in Captain America, oh. the Winter Soldier, and yeah, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. He also voiced the character in the What If episode, What If the Watcher Broke His Oath? Ha, take that, Bradley. 
I you know no who idea. it is, right? No, I have no idea. Yeah, the the, the 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 <laughs> the leapist, right? The the, the what's yeah, the name? Batrock, lock it. Batrock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, that sounds to me more like it should be a musical genre, but yes, <laughs> Batrock. Batrock. Your UFC fails you again, Bradley. I believe mm-hmm. Lego Batman really, uh, really ran the gambit on Batrock. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that should be like the soundtrack album. From I don't know if I would have got that question. Such a throwaway character. Oh man, I love that he returned in the fall from the Winter Soldier. That's yeah, why yeah. I was like, it's... all right, two stars. Already? They said you are more than a shield. Said the Quebecois Canadian as a and Russian. I, was he supposed to be? I like the yeah. They were like French Canadian. I like that they were just like okay, let's take the most ridiculous. Captain America villain. Let's just try yeah. and like steep him in espionage. <laughs> He's the fucking arm. He looks terrorist. great in the role, and I, but I'm glad he brought a lot it of. It didn't feel like the shit that they did with like Batman v Superman, where Jimmy Olsen is like an agent who gets shot in the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it didn't go a step too far. Anyway, all right, Bradley and Nathan to try and steal Storm. from Storm. Danny. Okay, condom the- time. <laughs> The third major JoJo's Bizarre Adventure story arc, Stardust Crusaders, introduced what psychically generated manifestations of life energy that are, rather prosaically, named for what many of them do in their typical resting state? I believe the answer is a stan. Oh, come on, Riley. I think it's a stan. Okay. I'm, I'm willing to go to bat for that, mainly because JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is a huge blind spot that will never be filled. Well, you'd like it, Nathan. That's what they keep telling me. Hopefully that's correct. So you're locking in stand or stands? Yeah. Yeah. You you, you got to use the Japanese word, Bradley. Stuns. Isn't it the same? Isn't it the same word? (laughs) I think, yeah. Well, certainly the Japanese version of jump is like jampu. It's basically, yeah, yeah jump. <laughs> I did look look up what the Japanese equivalent was in my research, but it's not coming to me right now. But oh well. Bradley and Danny to try and steal from Nathan. AMC very carefully doled out permission for Breaking Bad's writers to use the F word. It's heard multiple times in season one, and Skylar famously employs it in the season three episode, IFT. But in all of season two, it only makes one unobscured appearance, utilized by Walt and directed at which character? Danny or Duggan? Duggan, you got this? Oh, God. I haven't seen Breaking Bad in 10 years. Let's see. IFT, but in all of season two, only marked one obscure appearance utilized by Walt and directed at which character? Okay. Let's see. He always says, You're goddamn right. He says it once. (laughs) And he he always. In memes, he says it all the time. And he always kills Jesse's girlfriends. Yeah. See, the, 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 cool, the, coolest, the coolest thing about Brian Cranston, and this is since forever, this isn't just Breaking Bad, he can freak out with the kind of anxiety that only a certain age group can understand without saying a single swear word. And it's, it's just so believable. Anybody who's a Malcolm in the Middle fan has seen that a thousand times, you know, with his... Ah, ah, so... I want to say when he drops the F-bomb, it's not anxiety-driven because then it just steals from his physical performance. I don't know why, but I think he, he tells... Does he tell Marie to fuck off? No, Doug, he does that sound to Marie? No, no, I'm right. sure the male fan base of Breaking Bad at that time would <laughs> okay. have been like, yeah! 
Okay, yeah. so okay, he's or is still it in Hank, season maybe? two. I think it's Hank. That's my guess. Bar- but what do you? He barely has got? interactions with both Hank and and his wife in season two. Well, I just feel like he's really starting to get big ball syndrome. He's got his confidence. He's got his Heisenberg okay. hat, and I just feel like he just okay suddenly okay. says "fuck okay. you" wait, 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 Brad, or something. Brad, let me try. Brad, let me try something. I wonder if he says it to a gang member. <laughs> I wonder if he says it to his family. I'm looking at Nathan's face while I'm saying this. Stay thing. the fuck out of my territory. I I wonder yeah. if he wonder says if he it says it to, to Jesse. a child. Okay. Yeah, he says it to Brock. Oh, does he say it to Saul? <laughs> Maybe he says it to Saul. Okay. I no. does he say I wonder if he says it to a crashing airplane. I wonder if he says it to Jane's corpse. <laughs> I wonder if he says it to his son. I fucking watched you die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, see the only my favorite quote from two is um we deserve this. Because it's such a beautiful performance. And also when he um oh I, I just forgot it. What does he say? The we deserve this speech out in the middle of the desert is amazing. That's season he two, isn't it, Nate? He doesn't yep. he yeah. doesn't know who Mike is yet, I think. No, I don't think well it might be Mike's first appearance, actually, season two. He does uh, appear for the first time in season No, no, no. When he says, Jesse, your meth is good. <laughs> like that's it's so sincere, but it's just so funny. How the most fatherly moment Jesse ever gets is good job doing the illegal activity. Okay. You think he's at his You salt? did cook good meth, Jesse. Uh, I think it's either Hank. Uh, I guess it's not Marie. You talked me out of thinking it's Marie. He gets really irritated, I remember, but it's more of a threat than a, I'm boiling over with anxiety, I think. But Doggett, I totally botched you on the submarine thing. If you have another guess, I'm thinking Saul, maybe. Okay. Yeah, we, we can go Saul then. Okay, I'll go Saul. You're locking in Saul? Yeah. yeah. Good guess. That would definitely be a fun thing to envision, but unfortunately yeah. not the correct answer. We'll pass to Nathan. Cool. Um, you fucked me, dog. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to I used to like wait with bated breaths for like the moment when they say that one F-bomb per season because they talked about it all you, the time during the I run. know you would. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, okay, so whatever they do is like carrying weight. So I sort of have them all to memory, except for season one where they say fuck a few times. But... He says it to a character that is important to the series and is in the finale, despite not being a main character. It is Gretchen Schwartz after she brings him the Gretchen and Elliot, the uh, the gray matter people. She brings him over to confront him about his lie to uh, Skylar about where he's getting the money. And she says, I feel so sorry for you. And Walt just says, fuck you. (laughs) pure spite and then she uh she leaves and says she's no longer giving any more money oh yeah Uh, nathan i would have to guess that yeah Nathan. i'm actually impressed you have not pulled like a breaking bad one that has like truly like bodied me (laughs) oh cool yeah yeah well i was going so yeah i appreciate it because they're all hard like they're all really obscure no, yeah, I wasn't going there at all. I thought they just made a season one appearance, Gretchen and, a, and her um, simp husband. <laughs> yeah. <it's... laughs> 
It's played by uh, Jessica Hecht, who I think many people remember from Friends, but absolutely just there's a lot of great one-off guest performances. One episode yeah, of Jessica, absolutely. one episode of Jessica Jones, absolutely shattering. Uh, she oh, was in uh, the third season premiere of Law and Order: Criminal Intent. It brings me to tears every time I watch it. It's a great. Do you know why she was cast in Breaking Bad? No. no. Adam Bernstein, one of the formative directors of Breaking Bad, that's her uh, her spouse. Oh. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, they were yeah. just like, okay, who do we have? And they're like, my wife can act very well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So another person on the receiving end of the F word, specifically his eyebrows, is Bogdan, who was played by Mario Stan, who was a actual like nuclear scientist at the Los Alamos laboratory. Not not a professional actor when he was cast in that. I movie. think you brought that up in the chat. I didn't know that, but I do always oh, fuck you and your eyebrows. <laughs> Wipe down this. <laughs> He grabs his dick a lot in like the first couple of oh, seasons. Wow. He's like, oh, you got a wire? I got to draw your wire right here. All right. Uh, <laughs> wait, Nathan, Jesse says that. Wow. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Uh, Nathan and Danny to try and steal from Bradley. All oh, right. Boy. Back in the 90s, the ninth Dragon Ball Z feature film was titled for what villainous warlord who tortured and nearly killed Goku's son, Gohan, before Gohan rallied and defeated him? My first guess was Goku. So, uh, Daga, I defer to you. Okay, I'm trying to think Dragon Ball Z movies. Okay, do you know Warlords, Nathan? I know Hitler. No, okay. <laughs> it, I'm, I'm, I thought it was called like Dragon I mean, Ball Z. Garlic Junior. Uh, I'm shit. It's because there's a, it's it's weird. There's there's like Dragon Ball is weird because there's like movies that happened before the anime even came out. And shit. Well, so I was like, I'm gonna I, say, I know I'm gonna, so many. <laughs> Sorry. I'm gonna, okay. I'm thinking about who's tortured Gohan, and you said it's a movie, right? Uh yes, yeah. move, move, feature film, feature yeah. film. Yeah, I'm just amazed that there were. Wait, was this theater release or is this like, like, like in the nineties? I don't really know the release history of these. Okay, I'm just gonna say, uh, I don't, is there? I'm gonna look at Bradley's face. I wonder if there's a warlord named Garlic Junior. Oh, he gave me nothing. Ah, uh, fuck it. I'm just going to say Garlic Jr. Is that what you're locking in? That's what I'm locking in. All right. Pass to Bradley. Okay. Uh, this, I love this clue. This clue is so cool because he starts it off with back in the 90s, which is the uh, ending theme song of Bojack Horseman. Back in the 90s, I was part of a very famous TV show. And Bojack Horseman actually shares a name with the villain from the ninth Dragon Ball Z movie, Bojack, who is a pirate and has a band of thieves that, you know, go on. Damn, and that's a really yeah. well-worried question. Oh, God, right? Isn't I've, that cool? I've never seen this movie. It's good. Trunks is in it. Trunks? The, yeah, the future Trunks. He actually does Future stuff. Trunks. I was curious if it was like, well, Goku actually tortured and nearly killed his own son. So clearly, <laughs> yes, that's a deception. Yes, that is true. Terrible anime father. Yes. Yeah, Bojack locking in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely correct. That's great. <laughs> All right, Bradley and Nathan to try and steal from Danny. Here we go. The, the phenomenon in which the existence of safety measures, like condoms, causes people to behave more riskily is called the Peltzman effect. Its namesake, economist Sam Peltzman, is a professor emeritus at which university's Booth School of Business. This university's former dormitory, Pierce Tower, was once home to a student-run snack bar dubbed Tanstoffel, in homage to an expression associated with a different economist who taught at this school. Man. All right. I have heard of <laughs> Sam Peltzman, but 
Well, how many schools of business do you know? Like big ones, university, like, I want to go to business school. Harvard and Yale are out, right? Those aren't business schools. That's more like my dreams are to be a lawyer. Yeah, I'm trying to think because there are uh, Harvard and Yale. There's part of me that is, I'm trying to think of like Pierce Tower. Shit. I'm trying to think of just business schools in general. Okay, so Harvard and Yale are out because those are law schools. Yes, I hope so. Yeah. Princeton, Princeton. Are we thinking Princeton? I was I was curious what the other one was that was on the tip. I went to tongue, business school. Princeton. I did a business. You know, I, I I would be down to lock down Princeton if you're down. I'm down. Okay, locking Princeton. Okay, yeah, Princeton is kind of funny. It's actually like the one Ivy League that doesn't have professional schools. Um, mm. Yeah, it doesn't have like a med. Uh, well, that, yeah, it doesn't have like a law school. I think it doesn't have a business school. Maybe not even a medical school, but a decent guess anyway. Pass to Danny. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I never know. This, this is an amazing category. I never know. Mom won't yeah, stop I... crying. I'm going to America with Grandpa. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I don't know. Okay. Um, uh, but, but part of the Jimmy Lee rule, you should still guess. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Okay. And I mean, like, you, you, there's a finite number of famous universities, so I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, Stanford? All right. Okay. So that, I mean, that's a good guess. It's not, not correct. But yeah, the Tanstoffel is an abbreviation of there ain't no such thing as a free lunch, which I think was popularized in literature by Robert Heinlein's The Moon is a Harsh Mistress. But in, in economics, sort of every, every intro econ class, your professor will tell you that. But it was associated with Milton Friedman part of the notorious Chicago School of Economics and taught for many years at the University of Chicago. Cool. in America with Grandpa? There ain't no such thing as a free lunch is great. All right. Uh, yes. Okay. Final cycle of these. Yeah. Normally I update people on scores here, but I mean, Nathan just has a really big lead. Yeah, he's uh, got the oh. run, man. All right. Bradley and Danny to try and steal from Nathan. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood features an extended scene in which Sharon Tate, portrayed by Margot Robbie, watches Sharon Tate, portrayed by Sharon Tate, engage in an arresting and for its time rather innovative big screen martial arts fight with Nancy Kwan. That fight sequence was in reality choreographed by none other than Bruce Lee and appears in The Wrecking Crew, the fourth in a series of four vintage 60s spy flicks that centered on which fictional protagonist? Okay, first series of four oh. vintage 60s spy flicks. Which fictional protagonist? Wrecking. I it's James Bond, isn't it? Right? It has to be James Bond. But the Wrecking Crew isn't a James Bond movie. I know, but I feel it's, it's in my guts. Okay, it's, okay, Wrecking Crew. That's bad. Crew. No, there's no the Wrecking Crew. That's. I feel like this Don't is give super... me nothing. You said Water Submarine. I, I don't want to give anything away, but there are more than four James Bond movies. Yeah, and, and I think if I think if Sharon Tate had been in a James Bond movie, it would have been talked. That would be talked about. More. Well, when when were um when were Raymond Chandler's detective novels being produced into movies? Do you know? No. That detective's name was Philip Marlowe. That's all I got. Okay. Okay. This this took some serious thought into this. Okay. Wrecking Crew. I feel like all the clues are always in the back half. Okay, Nash, oh, she did martial arts. She was trained by Bruce Lee. Quentin Tarantino hates Bruce Lee, as Brad said. Uh, he loves feet. The feet were dirty in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't know if that's a clue. Tracy. Um, were, were there Dick Tracy novel or movies before the Dick Tracy movie? 
No, I don't believe so. I think um, I just think Philip Marlowe is more of a noir character than a action character. Okay, four movies in the sixties. In the sixties? Yeah, all four movies are in the sixties. No, it was fifty years ago. Okay, and for some reason there are movies around the sixties. I'm not aware of. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God, he would just read books and listen to the radio back then. My name's Clint punching him like Jimmy Fist. It's probably something stupid as hell. Like oh, that. Man. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, it's not The Godfather. No. Because yeah, that's, that's, that's Godfather 1, 2. It's in the, it's in the 60s, oh, so nobody talks about it probably. Yeah. Do you want to go with Jimmy Fist? I, I think I, I think had to start like a I white person. It would be a white person for sure. Um, Dirty Harry? When was Dirty Harry? No. What were the four Dirty Harry movies called? Uh, Dirty Harry, Dirty Harry 2, Dirtier Harrier 3, <laughs> and Deadpool. That's a really, okay. Yogesh, that's a really good trivia question for the future to just like have somebody say the Dirty Harry films in order. Yeah. Hmm. The Wrecking uh, Crew, the fourth uh, yeah. in the series. The Wrecking like, Crew. Is that a Dirty Harry that? movie? Hmm. Like the famous quote, like, make my day is like not from the first one, too. Like, that's yeah, a really, right? it's a really tricky question because the famous I'm quotes come from like the later day. ones in the series. Yeah. And it could be like the, uh, oh, the Rambo um, thing where Dirty Harry is maybe the, other, the fourth what's one. What's the other racist guy who did these kind of, these kind of action movies with big guns? Big Charles Bronson. Erect guns. When was Charles Bronson's heyday? Oh, that was Death Wish. No, all his all his movies were called Death Wish. I think Death Wish. Death Wishes were there. Death Wish two, Death Wish three, Death Wish four. I wish I was dead. Death Wish Master. Yeah. (laughs) I wish that more movies had the subtitle "The Crackdown." (laughs) 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 Or the crackdown what was what was the name of Dirty Harry's Dirty Harry Clint Eastwood's character when he hung out with that orangutan? That was uh, everywhere, but loose. Yeah, wasn't that a part of like a franchise? Not the answer, but similar energy. Hmm. I don't think those were spy films, but possibly they were. I never, never saw them. Do, do you want to just say Eddie Knuckles? My name's Eddie Knuckles. I punch no, crime. I don't. I don't want to just. Well, do you got to come up Knuckles. with something, dude. I keep throwing out these things, and you're like, no, no, he got the submarine car wrong. So screw him. <laughs> Just because I have a clear lead, I mentioned this in the game. Dude, dude, I forgot I forgot that you said MacGyver like 20 seconds after you said it. That's, that doesn't help at all. Okay, I just thought it's it. <laughs> Does that help you, Doggett? No. Um, okay, okay. Centered on uh, which fictional protagonist? Yeah. <laughs> they, they call me Teddy Punch. Am I allowed to cry on cam? You have to turn your camera on first. Yeah, yeah. Turn yeah, on yeah, your yeah. camera. <laughs> um, imagine my pictures crying. I okay. I'm gonna say Death Wish. No, uh, that's not the name of a protagonist. Oh, what was his name in Death Wish? I don't know, man. I He's just also know this was Charles Bronson. Char- yeah, he wasn't a spy. He just had a Death Wish. Oh, hey, which he was dead. <laughs> Ugh. Some Harry people have license to kill other people with a Death Wish. <laughs> Okay, how about Harriet the Spy? Jimmy Fist. This is not a spy either. Teddy Knuckles. Teddy. You're, you're naming henchmen. 
Yeah. I'm going yeah. to ask you to lock in something. Yeah, please point. does. <laughs> do you want to, uh, we do want to end it like within should, like four hours. Let's just lock in Dirty Harry. Yeah. yeah Dirty Harry. That might be 70s, but Ed Smith. I'm going to say Doctor Who actor Matt Smith. Okay. You know, you well, only he... have to, you only have to lock for a fictional character. You only have to lock in a first or last name. Okay. Fist. Fist. Yeah, I, I, I remember a noir detective who punched and shot his gun a lot that my grandpa used to watch. I think his last name was Fist. Okay, uh, okay I'll go Fist. All right, Nathan. So yeah. when I was a kid, when I was a boy, no, um, my parents would try boy. and sell me on different spy franchises and they told me, yeah, there's this guy, his name is Derek Flynn. And I thought the name was Derek Flynn and got really excited and watched all the movies only to find out that his name was Derek Flint of the Flint movies and I was probably the one person in my audience of 20 somethings who was like ah they're watching a Flint movie <laughs> during Once Upon a Time in Hollywood <laughs> there's a lot of that but yeah Derek Flint so you all were waiting for the moment when someone was really confident about an answer and yet wrong and we finally have it <laughs> all right oh <laughs> am, I wrong? am I wrong yeah I mean in Austin in the second Austin Powers he definitely watches a Flint movie but there were only two of those there were only two Flint movies. Holy shit. I was really confident. All right. Yeah. Yes. Damn, I have no idea. I feel good <laughs> about this. I feel good about your victory now after that blunder. Yeah. That's a Harry Palmer film. I'm going to kill myself later today. Yeah. It's oh, not. I hope it's, it's, it's not. A, it's, it's not. The, yeah. Yeah. No, the Marlowe, they were kind of two wave. There were Marlowe adaptation in the 40s and Marlowe adaptation right. in the 70s. Although the, yeah. there's one that's called Just Marlowe, which I think was made in the 60s, but it's not that well remembered. Okay. But yeah, The Wrecking Crew was the fourth. I think I have the, the DVDs over on that shelf somewhere. These were all starring Dean Martin and the character was called Matt Helm. Oh, Matt I Helm. said Matt Smith. I feel like I should get a half a point. You know, right <laughs> after you said that, I told you you could lock in a first name and I was really hoping you would just lock in Matt. Oh, Brad. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Uh, I was going to say Smith. I'll be honest. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I would have had a confident, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking James Coburn. What a man. Anyways. Okay. If you, if they had gone to a bonus, I was a whole anecdote I had about Jim Stacy, the real life actor played by Timothy Oliphant in that movie, which is incredibly depressing because he, his life ended in a very bad place. Oh. <laughs> But I'll leave that for some other episode. Okay, so the penultimate question of the game, Nathan and Danny to try and steal from Bradley. Cool, cool. Okay. Got this. Donald Sutherland voiced historian Hollis Hurlbut in the classic Simpsons episode, Lisa the Iconoclast. He also played a character named Homer Simpson in what 1975 film based on a 1939 novel set in Hollywood? When I asked some Simpsons writers if the more famous Homer Simpson, the animated one, had been influenced by the earlier literary or cinematic character, they noted that Matt Groening named Homer after his own father, but acknowledged some similarities between the two fictional Homer Simpsons, including a propensity for violently losing one's temper around bratty children. Oh, man. All right. Okay. Donald Sutherland, you better get this one, Nathan. Okay. 1975 film. Based on 1939 novel. With bratty children set in Hollywood. Well, just going back, because fucking Sutherland was in everything in the 70s. Um, Trying to think. So, 79 was Body Snatchers. I want to say Kelly's Heroes was earlier. God. Oh, he wasn't fucking everything <laughs> like yeah he's also an animal house i'm just trying to go wrap my brain through uh is it a comedy 
I would I would assume comedy or drama for Homer Simpson. Yeah, I mean, okay. it's not like it was a reference to Homer Simpson. Yeah, but okay, but he apparently he attacks a child, so yeah, it could be a comedy or a drama. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Oh, shit, this is gonna okay. kill me. Just think of an image of Donald Sutherland drinking Duff beer. It's certainly not a movie that I've seen. Okay. Not that that uh, narrows it down. Well, 70s. actually, that might actually narrow it down at this point. Movie I haven't seen with Donald Sutherland. What's a um, famous 70s movie you haven't seen? There are If this is famous, I don't know. I would, I would argue probably not, but you, you never can tell. Pierre did really truly love my mademoiselle. Okay. Shit. It's based on a novel, a 1939 novel. Is it based on a novel pushed by Sapphire? Is it set? Okay. What's has it, do you remember any Sutherland movies set in Hollywood? <laughs> I could apply to like quite a few, buddy. Um okay, name them. Name them. None off the top of my head. I'm trying to think. Um I was about to be like, is it clue? <laughs> As if that isn't the name of his character. Shit. Shit. Oh, man. I'm willing to just... What was the name of that rule you got? The yeah. Jimmy Lee... The, the, the Jimmy Lee rule? Okay. I'll say uh, in like Clute. <laughs> what? <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> the sequel to Clute where he's got family and changes his name to Homer Simpson. All right, Bradley. No, no idea. No idea. Let's see. <laughs> uh, he burns a child alive in backdraft, but that's way after the 70s. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> to burn them. Like, wow, what a performer. He's Canadian, so that doesn't help. Um, I feel like Invasion of the Body Snatchers was written way before everyone associated it with communism. Because, you know, a lot of people associated it with that later on. The original um, movie is pretty overt about it. Well, I'm not even sure if it was a novel. I think that was a radio play, actually. It, it was a novel originally, a novel, okay. novella, novella, or something. Yeah, by Jack. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's okay. see, Hollywood movie. I want to say, "Don't look now," so I could bring up the urban legend that he actually porked to an actress online, or um, live during the filming <laughs> of that. And that was such a big Hollywood myth. Of course, they didn't actually do the deed, but that was behind it. Very disturbing movie. I'll go with Don't Look Now. I mean, yeah, I classified this movie and Don't Look Now as sort of the, the 70s movies with Donald Sutherland with incredibly disturbing climaxes involving Donald Sutherland yeah. and someone of short stature. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Those two are definitely linked in my head. I mean, I, <laughs> I started watching that while on Drogas. And that was a little too much for me. I've since oh, yeah. paused it and then will revisit it at some point, but it was gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. The original short story it's based on is also very good. But yeah, also, I mean, also in mean Invasion of the Body Snatchers that decade also had a very disturbing ending. Donald's yeah, like, yeah he kind of, sure. kind of cornered the market. Yes, exactly. Kind of cornered the market on that. Yeah. But this movie, it ends with sort of a... Uh, a scene in which he stomps to death a child played by a young Jackie Earl Haley. You know, Whoa. bad news like, bears. I'm sorry. 30, yeah, <laughs> like 30, 30 years before his career renaissance in the two thousands and playing Rorschach and all that. But yeah, and then the a riot breaks out and it's sort of a, a metaphor for everything that's crazy and depraved in Hollywood. It's uh, crazy that his name is Homer Simpson. What's the though. movie called? The movie is called The Day of the Locust. 
Oh, oh no. shit, I heard of that. Yeah, movie. I know about that. Dang it. Also, weirdly enough, the working title for Jurassic World Dominion. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was a... <laughs> the, wait, did, the billion-dollar movie, the Jurassic World Dominion. Did, didn't Grasshopperus kill Chad Everett? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. man! All right. Well, at least I got the '70s right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The uh... tribute backdraft. Okay. 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 Final question of the game: Bradley and Nathan to attempt to steal from Danny. Again, a little tangential, but maybe something Steven Universe fans would remember a little better than others. I'm just glad it wasn't tangential to condoms. You've seen Steven Universe. You've never seen a condom. Okay, then. Rebecca Sugar wrote and performed the song Our Special Time of Year for Froggy Little Christmas, a 2021 Christmas episode of what Disney Channel series created by American of Thai descent animator Matt Braley? Okay. Oh, very okay. cool. Very cool. So Rebecca Sugar actually wrote a ton of songs for every project so that she's ever been a part of. Like so Daddy, why did you steal my fries? Is a beautiful song she wrote for Adventure Daddy. Time, but that's not Nickelodeon. Disney well, Channel. Yeah, it's Disney. Oh, it's Disney Channel. So. Um, 2021 Christmas. So what Disney Channel series created by American animator Matt Braley? So. Don't you have Disney like, shows. don't you have like little little siblings that would watch the Disney Channel in 2021? Yeah, and they also live across the country. <laughs> and any osmosis I get from them is usually like, "Hey, you should watch this rom com uh, starring Hugh Grant from 2001." Our special time of year for oh, I'm Froggy tr- Little Christmas, Froggy Little Christmas. So all these all these creators, especially now that the LGBTQ plus community is able to express their truths through these characters, get together often to discuss their art, at least on Twitter, they're all friends. I know this isn't the Owl House because that's not created by Matt Braley. I know it's not um, Adventure Time. Like I said, that's Cartoon Network. And she only worked on that show way before 2021. She had already moved on. I believe this show is called Amphibia. Okay, I would lock that down mainly because I have no other guess. Yeah, amphibia locked in. Yeah, I think the uh, the very loud "damn it" from Danny. <laughs> <laughs> That's All right. a good trivia question. I've never seen a single episode. I just know that all these you've never seen a goddamn episode. <laughs> no, <laughs> I've seen yeah. the Stan Pines parody GIF and meme, but I've never seen the show. All right, so Is so. It good? Sorry. Yeah, I'll just I'll just do an ad hoc bonus, Danny. You know who who's what actress of Thai descent? I mean, it's very much about like you know Thai culture is kind of worked into it in the protagonist and the supporting characters and so on. Do you know who's who voices the main character? Very, uh, I follow her on Twitter all the time. Uh, a very uh, Disney Channel associated performer of of Thai descent and also of Hmong Hmong ethnic group descent. Hmong, wait, Hmong. That's the that's from that's from Gran Torino. The Amongs, and that they all thought that was racist. Okay. Uh, uh, um, oh wait. Oh wait. Asian. Asian. Disney Channel. Andrew Garfield. Friend of song. <laughs> I like the path you took there, but yes, I think you were you were thinking of Eduardo Saverin in the Social Network and. Yeah, it's Brenda Song. Yes, there's not a lot yeah, of Asians. I'm really, in, in I'm really Channel. glad you've been doing the Adam West bit. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Scarlett Johansson. 
All right. I'll, uh, I, yeah, no, I, I, I'm a big fan of Renda Song. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So everyone gets points on that. And it fin- really narrows it down when you say Asian actress in Disney Channel. Yeah, true. Although that's less true now than before, which is a good yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 But she's old school. Sweets like Zach Group represent. Yeah. I mean, she's, I think our first Disney Channel series was Phil of the Future. That's how far back it goes. Wow. Uh, yeah. But definitely uh, London Tipton for six seasons on the, the two Sweet Life series. And uh, did she? No, she didn't. She didn't do a regular voice on Phineas and Ferb. I think she may have voiced, may have done a few guest appearances. And she's got a Hulu show now. Hmm. All right. Okay. So the final score is 45.2. Nathan, 29.1. Bradley, 17.0. Danny. So we basically will end. Everyone will get kind of a moment to say anything they like, whatever's on their mind. It can be about the game. It can be about the world at large. It can be plugging anything you want to plug. Basically, it'll only be edited for length and clarity. And if anything, anything I deem offensive will be edited out. I haven't had to do that so far. And this is the 40th episode. (laughs) Believe it or not. Yeah. So uh, we'll go in reverse order. So the lowest scoring player will have the last word. So it'll be first Nathan, then Bradley, and we'll finish with Danny. So we'll start with Nathan. Okay. Well, A, I'm really mad that my Slumdog Millionaire moment didn't help me with the uh, Flint. Actually, Matt Helm answer, and I should have known Matt Helm. We're just in those loopy hours. Yeah, hey. My name is Nathan, and I won this thing. Woo. You can find me on Twitter at Nathan Flynn, N-A-T-H-A-N-F-L-Y-N-N. And you can find me on my podcast, which should be dropping another episode pretty soon. We had a little bit of a delay because I got COVID, which sucks. Guys, just a little uh, line in the sand. Uh, I know this is controversial to say, but COVID sucks. Um, (laughs) My podcast is Mission Impotable as Yogesh mentioned earlier you can find us on twitter at impotable i-m-p-o-d-i-b-l-e and you can find us on spotify itunes all that and you can i already said my twitter but you can find me on twitter talking all things better call Saul for the next six weeks but yeah yeah that's about it watch more movies all right bradley Yes, hello. I'm Bradley. I'm at oneofus.net on the screener squad. You can listen to me talk about movies there. And more importantly, listen to other people talk about movies. I really had a great time with this. You know, listen to more trivia. It's always fun to know more things. Read, support your local library. Nate, you totally bought it me. I'll probably carry this grudge silently until the day I die. <laughs> and I'm also on Twitter at Bradley of Martin. That's B-R-A-D-L-Y. The E is silent and also invisible. Tuka and Birdie joke. And I had a lot of fun. I really, really appreciate you inviting me to this thing. So thank you. Yeah, and thank you all for, for doing it. All right, Danny? Yes, hello. My name is Danny Doggett. You can find me on podcasts such as Mission Impotable, a few episodes, some of, the, some of their best episodes, actually. Uh, you can find me on oneofus.net with Bradley doing some reviews. I just did a review for Baymax and The Boys Season 3, so check those out. And uh, I just want to give a quick message. Uh, it's really important, dear to my heart. Guys, the best ingredients for a margarita one and a half ounces of Dulce Vida tequila, an ounce of Vive vodka, one and a half lime juice, and one ounce of agave nectar. And an orange slice, best margarita you ever have in your life. All right. I definitely cannot find that offensive, so it'll be kept in. <laughs> <Yeah>. Great. <laughs>
Yeah. First thing Doug has said in the podcast. <laughs> all right. So uh, I assume we're all we're all off to uh, enjoy Better Call Saul. This has been episode 20 of season two of Recreational Thinking with Yoga Shroud. Thanks for listening.